This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show, a football Friday on the Monty Show. It is the last show of uh, September before I almost careful. Uh, it's not October yet, dude. Easy uh, of September. Already, it is the last show of September. Yep, cannot wait for that. We've got to talk about BYU football. Boy, did BYU struggle last night. They get the win, but what is your level of concern about BYU? Um, as we head for October in two of the most difficult games on the schedule in BYU and Arkansas, BYU and Notre Dame this coming weekend, a week from tomorrow, lot to get to there. Tua Tungavailoa um, dealing with another concussion, what we assume is his second in four days, an ugly situation unfolding on the field last night. We'll talk about all that. Harris LaChance joins us at 8.30. Thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Big shout out to the boys at Coog Connect for facilitating that interview for us. Every week, Harris LaChance joins the show. Um, and again, if you haven't been to Coog Connect, if you haven't subscribed to Coog Connect, uh, it is the best uh, NIL collective in the in the country. Uh, they do great work for BYU players. Um a significant portion of your subscription goes right into the pocket of BYU football players. Get to cougconnect.com slash subscribe. Cougconnect.com slash subscribe. It is a very, very good deal. I mean, they are simply put the best NIL uh, group in the business. So check them out. Cougconnect.com. Thanks so much for facilitating Harris LaChance. On our show every uh, week, usually on Wednesdays, but with a Thursday game, we're doing it uh, on Football Friday Morning, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Jake, let's get into the game because BYU uh, did not exactly look stellar uh, last night. Now, of course, they get the win, but you see a lot of things that seem to be, is lack of discipline too harsh? Because that seems like the term that fits 10 penalties, multiple uh, neutral zone infractions, just really atypical Kalani Sataki football teams. What is your level of concern, Jake, with BYU right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I'm not going to sit here and say that that I'm ultra concerned that the program is going in the wrong direction or anything. I, I just think, yeah, they're not playing disciplined football. Like, yeah, you're right. The penalties, the, the lack of execution in the run game in the first half, like, you know, struggling with, with, you know, I guess what some people would call a, a triple option look like you just not, just not prepared. And, and, you know, Kalani basically said like, you know, that, that this Utah state offense and what they rolled out was not what they had, uh, rolled out in any other game this year. So they were admittedly unprepared and had to make adjustments, um, you know, at the half. And I, and I think that it's, it's, it's just crazy because I, I I I don't know like again it just continues this trend of you know every week you're gonna get everyone's best you know like yesterday on the show we were talking about how this was Utah State Super Bowl which it is and they played their ass off undoubtedly um, but I think for BYU 
what you have to understand is people are waiting for you. People are like, yeah, we're going to Lavelle. We're going to, we're, we're going to go and play BYU and give them everything that we have. And, and that to me is something that BYU needs to adjust to. You need to be prepared that, that people aren't just rolling into your stadium and like, yeah, it's just another week. You know, we're playing BYU. Who cares? Right. Like this is like, people are fired up to play you. And I think that's because you're good. So to me, I'm, you know, my level of concern it, to me, my feeling isn't really concern. It's more like, Hey, like you guys got to button up the program a little bit. Like you guys got to be, you got, you got to dial in your preparation because saying, you know, that, you know, whether it was that they did something that you haven't seen or you just weren't prepared or whatever it is. The fact is, is you were getting rolled in the first half. Like you were struggling. You were, you, they were running basically at will. And then in the second quarter, after they had done a bunch of running in the first quarter, they started throwing it. And then in the second half, you locked down defensively. And what do you know? You pull away and win the game handily. So that's what I say. I just think I, I'm not that concerned per se. I just think it is a, it's, it's very much a business, you know, mindset. Like, Hey, we did not do a good enough job getting ready. And we paid the price for that two weeks in a row, in my opinion. With with the Wyoming thing, I felt like you were not prepared for Wyoming's physicality and their ability to run the football. And then this week against Utah State, I felt like you weren't ready for uh, the run game once again. And obviously, Utah State does it differently than Wyoming, but still, it's one in the same. Run game one way, run game the other way. You can't stop the run early in games, and you for sure can't run the ball early in games. So, so I say, my concern is for the run game on both sides of the ball, not necessarily for the program as a whole. Yeah, and I, I think the the stopping the run is a huge problem. You gave up 204 yards uh, to a Utah State team, frankly, that has sputtered all season long, been wildly inconsistent, and for most of the first half, uh, you know, to my eyes, Utah State looked like the better team and a lot of concerns that you mentioned um, the penalties in the undisciplined football, the you know the inability to stop the run, you just feel like this BYU football team is playing below its ability level, and I mean significantly Definitely. below its ability level. It's shocking that the mistakes continue to pile up, and I guess the question that I have is BYU playing down to its competition, or is this just who this football team is? Because we didn't see these mistakes until we got to Oregon. Right now, you're heading to Las Vegas to take on a Notre Dame team. Frankly, that's a, a heavy favorite. Yeah. Uh, before you take on Arkansas, who's got Alabama this weekend. I don't know. I just feel like this is a team that's not. It, it's not that they're ill prepared. They're just simply not mentally tough in the moment, and it it, it is baffling to me that you repeatedly line up in the neutral zone. Um, that you're repeatedly missing assignments in the run game. And I understand that you're rushing three and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're dropping aid. And I understand why that is the schematic against a, an inexperienced quarterback. Um, but it just doesn't make sense against the run. I mean, this three man <laughs> defensive line is getting absolutely dominated. And the other thing that stood out to me last night was, you're rotating the right side of your offensive line, and I just don't understand it. Yeah. When you have Harris Lachance and Kingsley Suamataia uh, as your guard and tackle on the right side, you're dominating. You're turning yes. guys. You're running the football well. Um, you know, Miles Davis, again, here's another question I have. 
Why is Miles Davis not your starting running back? Yeah. Why is he not your full-time guy right out of the gate? Because Miles Davis in the second half, I thought was the difference maker in this game for the BYU Cougars, Jake, yet he doesn't seem to be the go-to guy at running back right now. Yeah, and I, and I think this is a, a function of you know Kalani, if I'm being honest. I think that, and again, hear me clearly, I'm not saying Kalani is a bad head coach. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that I think Kalani – in his style and in the way he sort of go about goes about things um, is not someone who likes to be real definitive about, about performance, meaning that, okay, Hey, you know, Brooks was struggling. So against Wyoming, we're going to go running back by committee. Okay. Miles Davis had a coming out party against Wyoming uh, of sorts, you know? And so what did I say after Wyoming? Hey, he's got to do it again. Like we, we, you know, you just need to keep, you know, performing, keep producing and, and take that role. And so to me, if I'm a head coach and I see Miles Davis do what he did last night, specifically in the second half, as you were just saying, he would be my starting running back. It just is as simple as that because I feel like Christopher Brooks has had plenty of opportunities. And I get it. Christopher Brooks punched one into the end zone last night. Like, okay, cool. But it but it, it very much feels like a, 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 a situation or running back room that you would find in the NFL. All kinds of teams in the NFL have have a guy that that is their 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 workhorse, their guy that that basically drives the team down the field and then they've got their bigger back for the end zone. Right? Like, that's what Jerome Bettis made a career on, essentially. Oh, yeah. So, so to me, I don't feel like this concept is very difficult, but I also struggle with this concept that you brought up about Harris LeChance and in and, and the right side of this offensive line. Kings, and, say it. I want to hear you say it. Kingsley Suamataia. Yeah, Kingsley Suamataia. My like man. The guy, the guy is a stud. And I think the only thing I can think um, is that you were uh, catering to injury management, meaning that that you know you're better than Utah State. You know the only reason Utah State is in this game is because your defense was literally unprepared for anything that Utah State was rolling out in the first half. And I'm and yeah, I am being harsh today on BYU because it was an embarrassing performance in the first half. Yeah. So to me, are you more? Are you? It does. It, is it disappointing? Is it frustration? Like, what is your emotion? Well, on I this just team? think. I just think it's it, it it it's surprising. It's it's like it, it it's like um. You know, it's like you're you're driving a Ferrari like a Toyota Corolla. Like, what are we doing? What what is like what like this defense? Like to me, there are there are every defense can be run a certain way, right? Obviously, there are defenses that are played in different schemes all across the landscape, but core fundamentals never really change in football. If you're playing dime against obvious running downs, that's not really going to work out for you too well. And we saw that too often last well, night. Well, and I think the absence of Malik Moore played a role. I mean, you give up a late uh, passing touchdown. I mean, yeah. y- you just you just don't feel good coming out of this game. It's like, not confidence-inspiring. I mean, and, and that's why we said, I, and I think we've been saying it for two weeks, Utah State is a very dangerous game. Utah State is a trap game. Utah State is one of those games where you just didn't feel like you were going to play as well as you should have played. It was a Thursday after a Saturday. Uh, it, you just didn't feel like this was going to be an easy game, and it certainly was not. Now, having said that, I have no reason to believe, and we'll ask Harris Chance uh, about this at 8.30 as Harris joins us, uh, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. But I, I, I just think that a guy like Harris Chance, who I think has been pretty bluntly honest with us yeah. um, about issues on this team, you can't tell me they're happy with their performance. This isn't one of those things where you're like, well, we got the win, we can move on. Yeah. 
this is a game that I, you feel like there's a reason Harris was posing with the wagon wheel at, at midfield after the game. Like, this was a game they cared about. Yeah. And it's a little surprising to come out and get the penalties that you got. I mean, and there's a lot of good in this game. I think, to your point, I thought Christopher Brooks got you some nice hard yards, uh, ran effectively. Miles Davis ran effectively. Certainly seeing a guy like Gunnar Romney, even with the drop touchdown, uh, to see Gunnar Romney back on the field, to see him being explosive, yeah. uh, to see Keanu Hill again dominating. I mean, there's a lot to like in this game. But it's starting to mount the insecurities across this defensive line, the insecurities stopping the running game, the penalties, the mental mistakes, the mediocrity that just seeps into a game and then becomes dominant in that game. Yeah, and I thought the substitution penalty in the first half was a perfect example of this. I mean, you're, you, Utah State's clearly running the hurry up because they know that your defense is is going to struggle with the pace, and you're, you got a guy who's probably, what, 15 yards away from the sideline when the ball is snapped as a 12th man on the, on the field yeah. for your defense? Like, it wasn't close, and, and to me... You know, again, like I, 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 I do feel like you know. Obviously, I'm being hard on BYU today, but but I think it's warranted. Like I feel honestly, I, I was thinking about this, you know, last night watching this game. Like, like yeah, you beat Baylor in a really tight game where you know Jake missed some kicks and and you pulled it through, and like you know you had that big emotional like you know upbringing in that game. And then I feel like we haven't really bounced back from that. I feel like you got your ass kicked by Oregon. I feel like Wyoming was, you know, just not not a great performance. And then Utah State happens. And too often, this team comes out really slow. Like, it, it's amazing to me that on your home field at Lavelle, man, that you would come out and just... I mean, for lack of a better word, just get dominated. I mean, you got dominated in the first quarter. That was an ugly first quarter, which is why, you know, we said on the on the picture for today's show that BYU football is ugly right now because it is. And I wonder against Notre Dame and against Arkansas and later down the no. line when you're paying, playing P5 talent, hey, when you get down by 10 points, let's say, there's no coming back from that for this team. This team's not good enough, right? You're not good enough to get down 10 to Oregon in the first quarter, which is what, what happened. And then well, you lost the, 31 the to seven. The slow starts are a legitimate concern. I mean, when yeah. you, you look at, you look at the slow starts that, that you've seen, it's now a pattern. It's, this is not a one-off. Well, we just had a bad start at Autzen stadium. No, because you came home, you had a bad start against Wyoming. You've had a bad start against Utah state. You can't do that against Notre Dame. You can't do that against, Oregon, um, you know, Oregon, Arkansas, the best teams you face come out with their foot on the gas, especially when you're on the road, when you're at, when you're at Autzen stadium or you're at Allegiant taking on a, a Notre Dame club, you better come out ready to go. And these slow starts are, are certainly concerning, but I, I mean, you know, I don't generally, I like, I like a rod. I do. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the play calling last night. I don't understand the running back rotation last night. Frankly, I don't understand. I don't understand why you you you're not playing aggressive football out of the box. Yeah, I just don't understand it. And when you see that guys like Chase Roberts aren't a go and Puka Nakua, who was available to play last night but didn't 
okay, I want more tight end then. I want, you know, like I want more from this football team. And looking at the targets and looking at the distribution, I just, I wasn't happy with that in the first half. Yeah. And I think that you have to get Miles Davis the football. He's your number one running back. He brings an explosive, quick guy to the backfield that Chris Brooks just is not. Christopher Brooks is more of the 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 hammer, and that has real value. Yeah. And I, I'm fine if you're saying and or, but it's got to be Miles Davis on the field when the game starts because he is a different caliber of running back. I mean, I, I look at the use of guys like Cosper. I, I have no doubt that Cosper's got the 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 goods. I mean, yeah. he's a phenomenal route runner. Like that was one of the things that really stood out to he me got last hands night. Too. I mean, that was well, a nice catch. That was a nice catch. But Jaron, you're wasting Jaron Hall right now. The guy is playing phenomenal football. You have over a dozen scouts at the game. And not that that matters in your play calling, but it's a, a tip of the cap to Jaron. You're getting good offensive line play, and you're putting Jaron Hall in a less than ideal situation to succeed. And I'm a big believer, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Jaron Hall, you've got to run an offense that is best suited to your talent. Run Miles Davis and allow Jaron Hall to operate in the pocket, outside of the pocket, in the run game. Allow Jaron Hall to play to his strengths. Because that's the only way you're going to get the best offense. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to get the best out of each one of your players. And again, I just simply go back to the fact that you've got all American candidates on the offensive line. You've got huge size. You've got a, a, a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. Let those guys carry the football team. Let those guys help the defense. Help the you know get the defense off the field. Let's run some more. Let's be committed to the run more. That's what I just I just don't understand some of the play calling because you're not I think one of the things that people don't understand is you're not calling plays one at a time especially to start a game you're going to come out with a package of 10 plays you've scripted and then you're going to adjust you're you should be calling one play to set up the next play mm -hmm. you should be calling plays on a drive to set up the next drive I just don't see that kind of cohesive thinking right now offensively. And, and and again, I don't think the offense is as big a problem as the run defense is. But Agreed. you see these things on offense that really should be helping the defense, and yet you're not. You're going three and out and against Utah State. That's just not good enough. Yeah, and I think even if you've won the game, I wouldn't be surprised if you fell in the, in the rankings, honestly, because it, it was not – a good showing, and I, and I think that it's it, it, too often I ask the question of why you're throwing behind the line of scrimmage on third down. Like what 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 is what is the thought process? Why yeah. you know why why not come out and 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 really establish that offensive line and and get get your offensive lineman off the ball, man? Like that to me is what's surprising because I, I I do feel like when BYU does have dialed in play calling. They're tough to stop. I mean, because you have Jaron and because you have emerging talents that are becoming problems like Keanu Hill and Cody Epps. Cody I'm Epps, telling you, dude, I, like, can, I can only say yeah. it so many times. Cody Epps is a stud. Yeah. And you've got to get him the football. That's and what I'm I, saying. Like, Jaron's talented enough to feed these guys. Like, put it in his hands. I, I look at Epps, Cosper, and Gunnar Romney leading the way. Yeah. You know, that's 13 receptions right there out of guys who haven't contributed all season long. Like, you know, I, I look at, at at 
you know, Braden Cosper, he's not a guy you've counted on all season long. Yeah. You know, but with Puka not in the lineup, and and from what I understand, uh, I was told that that Puka was dealing with a hamstring, mm-hmm. um, not with an ankle is what his issue was last week on that odd play yeah. where he re-injured himself. He was available to play last night, but he didn't. So you had, you know, a, a, a nice slate of guys like Ethan Erickson's touchdown catch was a fantastic throw and catch. Yeah. I mean, but you're also running the football at a clip where your your best backs as a team you ran for 3.7 yards a carry, but Miles Davis carried it eight times, 39 yards. That's five yards a carry. You're getting Chris Brooks for 11 yards, uh, 11 carries and 90 yards. That's 8.2 yards a carry. Run the football more effectively. Yeah. Use let that run game set up the the play action. Call plays to set up more plays. That's what. There's just cohesiveness is the word that I'm looking for. Well, and, and, and look, I, 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 what we're not saying is that a Rod needs to be fired or it's some oh, like ridiculous on. thing. But, but like I think a lot of people go to that in BYU world. Like a lot of people will be like, oh well, well, you know, Tuiaki needs to be fired after the Oregon loss, or, or you know, this guy needs to go after this bad performance. And it's like, you know, firing people is is just a convenient a convenient answer to a football team struggling. I, I just think that this team needs to find its stride again. I felt like against USF, you had your stride against, you know, um, you know, against Baylor, like you battled, you were in that game, you fought and won that game. And then to, to get trounced by Oregon, I felt like really sort of like you were climbing, like there was a lot of momentum in the program and then it just shot you down. And now You've had two opponents that you should have dominated and, and beat by, like, not exaggerating, four or five touchdowns, and and you didn't do that. And I think now you're going up against legit talent, whatever you want to say about Notre Dame, their legit P5 team, and I this is a big-time game for your season, man. If you come out and you get blown up by Notre Dame, like— I don't even know what you what you say or what the point of the rest of the season is, bro. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. I see all of your comments. Stick around, obviously. Uh, you guys make the show great, and uh, we're going to get all your comments on BYU coming up in 10 minutes. Right now, it's football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. We talk about the biggest stories in football, and very clearly, I, I don't even think there is an argument what the biggest story in football is right now. Uh, and it is to a tongue of Iloa in this concussion last night on Thursday night football. <clears throat> I don't even know what to say about this. I, I just I look at these situations and I look at I look at how people are reacting to these things and, and it is just shocking to me that we are still dealing with this. And I look at Mike McDaniels. And I listen to what McDaniel said after the game about his quarterback to a tongue of Iloa, and it is shocking. That was an emotional moment. Um, that is not part of the deal that anyone signs up for, even though you you know it's a possibility in, in football to have something that you have to get taken off and on a stretcher. Is uh, you know, all of his teammates, myself, we were all um, very very concerned. So. The, the best news that we could get is that everything is checked out, um, that he didn't uh, have any anything more serious than um, a, a concussion. We'll be, uh, he'll be flying back with us here on the plane. You didn't have anything more significant than a concussion. 
I believe, and in my opinion, this is his second concussion in four days. Stop shoveling this garbage at me where it was a back injury on Sunday in Miami because I don't buy that. Your back, when it hurts, doesn't mean you shake your head trying to get the cobwebs out. This was, in my opinion, his second concussion in four days. This was a seizure along with a concussion that caused a seizure in his brain, which is why his hands locked up. I mean, do you understand that this is a significant brain injury? And I, I don't know that people understand that. Concussions are brain damage. This is not this is not something that, to take lightly. Tua Tungavailoa's life was altered last night in Cincinnati. And I don't know that the Miami Dolphins or the National Football League cared about that until it happened. They, they, they in my opinion, were derelict in their duty. And this thing with, with concussions in the NFL... I mean, if you look at the rate of participation in football across this country, it is down 40%, 40% less participation in youth football because of concussions. And it just, to me, Jake, it is inexcusable that you would use a line like, well, we're, we're thankful it was nothing more serious than a concussion, which tells me you don't think concussions are all that serious. Yeah, and I think concussions are the most serious injury that you can get. I mean, uh, again, like, uh, if we're being serious about this, like a broken bone, a torn ligament, like, whatever, like, you know, breaks to your body that aren't your brain, you can come back from those. Those will heal. There's a process. We get it, right? Your brain, you only get one of, and frankly, there's no real fixing it. That's the problem. There is no... A lot of it, like you just said, is, you know, I don't have to do it. 50 years old after playing in the NFL and that's the problem and I just I I really struggle with this concept like is there video of of the concussion protocol that he allegedly went through because I I don't even buy that they had a full concussion protocol I really don't like they're 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 living on this leg of there was an independent neurologist and and he cleared all the steps and, and, and I'm just like my ass dude there is no way know how that he should have been back in that game and then on top of that playing four days later it's it's like i agree with everyone saying hey you got to protect tua from tua and frankly you got to protect tua from the dolphins because it's getting out of hand well and i i think the thing that people don't understand is that there is no such thing as having your bell rung i i saw that a thousand times on twitter last night well sunday he just had his bell rung there's no such thing as that that's a concussion your 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 brain to be graphically honest with you, your brain, you know, is a sponge that's sitting in the middle of a of a, a gel-like substance. And anytime that sponge hits your skull, it's a concussion. And that is damage that you cannot undo. And football players by this point, where two is at in his life, he's likely had hundreds of concussions. And I I just it's so frustrating that we don't think about these guys as human beings. He's an actual human being. He's not a robot. He's got a he's got a life. He's got family. And all we're worried about is whether or not they're going to cover the spread and how that's going to impact your fantasy team. Like it, it was so ang- like I had to turn off Twitter last night because all of the people are like, "Oh, well they're no longer undefeated. Oh, they lost the game. Tua lost them the game. like uh, who cares, man? He went to the hospital Mike McDaniels, the head coach of the Dolphins last night, was asked about the situation. He said that when Tua was laying on the field, he was calling for Mike McDaniels. McDaniels walks out there, 
and he looks at two and he's trying to communicate with them. And he's like, that's not the guy that I've come to know. He just wasn't there. Do you understand that like Tua is, I mean, you're you're out. You're you don't remember that. Your brain erases that. Like, how is that possible that for those four minutes, Tua has no idea what happened? No idea what happened. And you're you're gonna give uh, get out of here. Like yeah, I'm dude, so it's, upset it's, about it. And it's it's disturbing. Like I it, it, it irks me to watch that video where his hands are twisted and seizing, like He's like my comparison. What popped into my head was you're watching a human being wilt like a plant on a football field. That's yeah. what that is. That's why it's just it's frustrating, man. And and I have to say, you know, football has never like for me personally, football has never been my number one because of the damage it does to human beings. You know and, what's happening yeah, to the player. Dude, and, and you know, I, it's incredibly conflicting to to watch the game and, and cover the game because it is an enjoyable product, but at the same time, it's quite literally killing people. Like, let's not beat around the bush. Like, 10 years from now, will Tua still be alive? We can't definitively say that based on what's happening right here. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It is... Um... It's disturbing. There's no... Like, to me, that is the perfect word to describe it. We don't have proof that he actually went through protocol. We don't have proof that he actually passed it other than their word. Like there needs to be, and I'm not even saying the video evidence has to be released to the public because of obvious, obvious privacy standards, but the league needs to be able to see something. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see exactly how all this plays out because I, I just don't know what you do with it. I, I, I really don't. I don't think there's any way to fix it. Concussions will always be part of the game. The I think fix can, is not playing, and you, that's why yeah. you see the rates. And you can mitigate concussions during practice and all that. I totally understand it. But, man, that was an ugly scene on the field last night. And, and by the way, Amazon ignoring it probably was not the right way to go. But they, they didn't ignore it. They refused to talk about what happened Sunday. They didn't tell the whole story. Yeah, and it, it, it is uh, – it's NAR. Football 50-10 of the hour. Every hour – we bring you the biggest stories across football. It's presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. We go all in on quality. All in on craft. And on the Triple Pep Pizza, we go all in on pepperoni. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with a limited time triple pet pizza. Topped with three types of pepperoni for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Yeah, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y, MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. I'm telling you, download the app. Hell or high water, I'm getting Papa Murphy's Pizza tonight. We got completely derailed yesterday. Uh, we were supposed to get Papa Murphy's pizza for Thursday night football and BYU, and it just did not happen. Mm -hmm. To tell you how much I love Papa Murphy's pizza, I was so frustrated I'll yesterday try to stay night. Calm and not curse. I'm like, dude, it's five o'clock. We're still doing what we're doing. We're never gonna get Papa Murphy's pizza. There's we just it's frustrating. I was so upset, not that you know, yeah. I just miss Papa Murphy's pizza. By the way, Monday. I cannot wait to play the the new Papa Murphy's commercials. 
on Monday. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, it's amazing. They're awesome. Monday, by the way, uh, right here on the show, uh, we will also announce a brand new uh, partner on the show. I'm really excited about that. It is a really good deal for you guys. Um, it is a, a another local business that you guys can utilize on a daily basis. So look for that on Monday morning. Um, as well as the new Papa Murphy spot, which I'm totally stoked about. But this show, every single day, uh, is presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. When you've been in an accident, and you need somebody to fight for you because it's not your fault that you're injured. It's not your fault somebody ran that red light or ran into you or was distracted or knocked you off your motorcycle. But you do deserve an advocate to fight for you because the thing that I I've really... I've really taken seriously about accidents and injuries. Please do not trust your insurance company because they're not fighting for you. They're fighting for themselves. That's why you go to the advocates. You never pay for a consultation. There are no big upfront retainers. No, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Defer your medical bills, free consultations. And by the way, chat with them online. Go to their website, utahadvocates.com. The advocates, the best injury attorneys in Utah present the Monty show the biggest stories in sports this morning I don't think there's any doubt it is BYU beating Utah State and listen they got the win um uh, but I don't think anybody that has watched this team all year um is is happy with the way that this team last night stopped the run against Utah State because Utah State ran for 204 yards yeah. on BYU and I I think Jake if if we're talking about all of the things that we're concerned about with with BYU. The by far my biggest concern with this football team right now is undisciplined um actions like hey lining up in the neutral zone. They're 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 undisciplined football and these decisions and the lack of discipline that allows Utah State to run for 200 yards. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I think that you know BYU just wasn't prepared last night, and I, and I think that you know the the not being prepared, oddly enough, is not an excuse for lining up in the neutral zone or 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 being offsides or whatever you know whatever the the nomenclature is for that specific penalty. Like you you have to be right mentally and i think that that's what stood out to me last night like yeah clearly utah state did something you weren't ready for but that's not an excuse to 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 have all those penalties and to play undisciplined football and i think that you know i i don't know necessarily how you fix that because it, it just feels like this team i i don't know what happens to this team leading up to games on game days but they're just not – they don't have that gas early in games. They don't have that, like, tuned up, yeah. we're ready to go, we're going to come out and, like, punch you in the mouth type thing on the first possession. Like, they don't have that, you know, vibe. They just don't. It feels like, hey, yeah, we're – all right, boys, here's the first possession. We got 10 scripted plays, and all of them are going to be behind the line of scrimmage, and uh, we'll see you in the second half. Like, that's honest to God – what the vibe is. It just feels conservative yeah. and not interested. And, and I don't know necessarily how to fix that. I mean, I have to imagine, you know, obviously you can do some things with play calling and in A-Rod's department. I, I got to believe that that there's something within their process that's slowing them down early in games. Like, I, like it just has to get fixed, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is, it's got to get fixed. And I think it will get fixed. I, I'm a big believer in Kalani Sitaki. I think... Um, you know, I know I'm the only singular person in this state who believes in Tuiaki, but I think this coaching staff is very good. They're very senior. They're very experienced. 
they're going to get this figured out. Your linebackers, frankly, are too talented. Um, I think you saw that with Thule and Bywater last night with the interceptions. Um, you know, Gabe Judy Lolly now is going to miss the first half of the Notre Dame game, which is going to be a loss. That was a tough call, uh, bro. Yeah, I mean, that was a tough it targeting call. It was targeting, call. but it's a tough call because of the position you're putting the defender in. Yeah, but you have to legislate those hits out of the game. Yeah, I to. mean, you have to. You have they, to. They, if we learn anything from Tua Tungavailoa, yeah. you have to pr protect the the player's head. I mean, you cannot be ear holing guys. You cannot be leading with the crown of your helmet. Like that's going to be a loss for this club, though. I mean, uh, hopefully Malik Moore's back, but Gabe Julie, Judy Lally has come in here and he's really produced and performed. That's going to be a loss next week against Notre Dame. Uh, that much is for certain. Let's get your thoughts in here on uh, BYU. Uh, and Utah State last night, uh, Mikel Chase says, if BYU plays the way they did last night, there is no way we are winning uh, next week. We need a new kicker. Yeah, well, that's something that is also very concerning. I mean, yes. uh, Jake the Make ain't making a whole lot of kicks right now. And the couple that he missed last night were pretty chip shot, um, if we're being honest. I mean, Jake Oldroyd's a hell of a kicker, but Jake, I think it's mental for him right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, and I think that it it, it is... You know, when I watch kickers or, or really any athlete go through what he's going through, um, it, 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 there's no real salvation for that athlete. You, you, when you're just out of your groove, it's easy to say like, hey, yeah. just get back to the fundamentals. Hey, get back to your technique. Like, get back to what allowed you to make kicks. But I can speak to this firsthand like it's not just hey get back to your technique because i'm sure he feels like he's executing his technique fine you know but it's not going in and and, and the fact is is if he's not going to be able to make kicks you have to find someone else and i know that that sucks i know that he has been incredibly consistent over his career but right now he's not consistent so whether we're talking about christopher brooks or jake oldroyd or who the hell ever it's performance. You're either performing yeah. or you're not. And and that just is what it is. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that, that you have to remember is targeting is a very difficult call. Um, and I saw everybody losing their minds on Twitter last night over the Max Tooley non-targeting call. You're not going to call every one of them targeting. Um, that one, they should have thrown a flag. Was it targeting? I don't know. Is it speeding if there's no cop there? It's not, no. right? So I think you're gonna you're going to get nine out of ten flags on targeting plays. Yeah. Um. But listen, I, it, it's one of those fouls that's got to be legislated out, and it's unfortunate that 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 it it happens to every team. There's no doubt. Utah State had a targeting injection last night. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just part of the game, and I think it's a very especially with with concussions the way they are now. I mean, obviously, I, I mean you hope so. Uh, Mayor of Monty Town. The mayor of Montytown okay. is in. Says, good morning. Thanks for the promotion. I don't know if that's the right mayor or not. Hey, anything we can do to push Montytown, I'm all for it. Yeah. Right? Neville 93, good morning to you. Tom Basilius says, shouldn't uh, be up for another half hour. Guess the victory is getting to see the start of the show. There you go. Truth. There you go. Uh, KJ Kanai Johnson, good morning. Top of the morning, he says. Uh, San Diego State Aztec. Hey, by the way, he followed me on Twitter now. Whoa. How about that? By the okay. way, if you're here, uh, all hundred of you, please give us a thumbs up. Um, and if you are not subscribed to the channel, please do so. It really helps us grow. We're trying to get to 10,000 by the end of the year. We're right at 7,500. We can do it. I'm telling you, have your sister, your mom, your brother, your dad, have them get on board. Let's trust do this thing. me when I say the it, we're not just asking for those because it just simply makes us money. There, are, there's we're probably. 
less than 10 days away from a, a really big development on the show. So it helps. Please subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Appreciate you guys being here. Charles Chamberlain says, the worst part last night was the complete lack of discipline. Thule batting a million penalties. Kalani needs to spend the money and get a disciplinarian coach already. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I just I'm, think that these guys weren't, like, I, I think it's a combination of things. It, like, so the first thing I'd say is it's never one thing. Like, I think part of it is that it was Utah State, and BYU knows they're probably two, three times better than Utah State. Like, that's just part of it, and you have to acknowledge that. But secondly, sure. I think that, that, that Max Tooley has been inconsistent this season. He made play after play against Baylor. He looked like absolute garbage against Oregon. And then that you know, I agree these with. last two have been inconsistent. He's made plays. He had the, the pick six last night or whatever, but you also had the penalties. And so that's why I say, like, I think this team right now, here today in the moment, is struggling to stay mentally focused at the task at hand. It feels like they are distracted, which leads to neutral zone infractions, which leads to 12 men on the field for defense. Like, there are just these little things that they're not executing Lining on. up in the neutral zone is, it, it, I, I don't know how more simply to say it than you're just not paying attention. That's what that is. When you, you know, when Batty has his helmet in the neutral zone, you're just not paying attention. And when you're consistently jumping offside, and you're doing that against a silent count, you're you're jumping offside against a silent count. So it's not like there's a clap, uh, you know, or a voice inflection. You're just undisciplined. That's the part that's hard to take. Yeah. When you're shooting yourself in the foot, that's the part that that is is very difficult to take. That's what I'm saying. Tom Basilius says, uh, undefeated Weber State. Respect my school, sir. They're undefeated. Weber State is undefeated. Absolutely. Uh, Dave Heath says, I remember growing up, my pops was a huge BYU fan during the Luke Staley days. Mm -hmm. And the same thing would happen back then. Seems like it never changes. Now nah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, it is. Listen, I think football is, football doesn't change much. Undisciplined teams jump off sides, right? Like, I mean, if you can't stop the run, you can't win games. You know, I, I, I just think when you see, yeah, it, it, it's, it's the problem is, is good football teams are, are very disciplined. They're patterned. They don't, they don't, they focus, they on don't their take job. 10 penalties in a game. They don't miss assignments in, in, yeah. in against the run. You don't have, you know, like sloppy gap protection. You just don't have that, you know, like, and that's why the offensive line thing was so interesting to me. Like, Harris Lachance stole a dude's soul last <laughs> night. Like he cracked he a guy. He eats on that play, dude. The, oh, the throwback man. to Jaron play, he absolutely eats, dude. Well, against Wyoming, he had a, he had, he was bowling for Cowboys in the end. Seriously, zone. dude. Like I mean, he pancaked a guy and I'll drop that mother. And the the rim the rim shot, the rebound, the ricochet of that dude's body knocked over <laughs> another Wyoming guy. Like. You have guys capable of doing the job. Why are we rotating the right side of the offensive line? That to me was simply, and again, I'm just speculating. I don't know. But to me, what it looked like is you were just, you were basically just mitigating injury risk. You were saying, hey, like we, the offense is fine. Yeah, we're struggling in the run game a bit, but the we're in a good enough place in this game where we can rotate guys and and save ourselves. Because they know they have, they know the toughest part of their schedule is coming. Like Kalani's very aware of that.
Yeah. So I think you're what I think that was basically a ploy at hey, if we can keep the offensive line starters healthy and maybe take 10, 15 plays off their plate tonight, that you know, we'd feel a little better about that. Yep. Sean Mirzinski says, watched Epps in high school. He's a real baller. Speaking of Cody Epps, our guys at CoogConnect.com have a, a a bunch of uh, interviews with him. He's one of the guys that's on the rap song. Like Cody Epps is a stud. You're welcome. I'm telling CoogConnect.com. I'm telling you, go check it. Their content's exclusive on, uh, with Cody, but you look at Cody Epps on the field, he's a baller. He has, since fall camp, I've been telling you, that's a guy that needs to break out, that needs to emerge. Here's he, the deal. I'm the best there is. And look, I, I understand, you know, your 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 number ones are clearly Puka and Gunner. I, I would think Isaac Rex would be in the top three, mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously with Cosper breaking out, but Cody Epps is a guy that is showing you week in and week out. He understands how to run a route. He understands how to get himself in space. You know, Jaron Hall clearly likes throwing him the ball. If I am a Rod, I'm trying to get. I am trying to get Cody Epps in more man coverage. I'm trying to get him in space a lot more because he's also pretty good after the catch too. Having fun is the name of the game. Yeah, I'd be. I would absolutely be paying attention to that. Um, let's see. Let me, I, I see a lot of people commenting. I'm trying to get to all your comments. Uh, appreciate you this morning as we talk about, uh, BYU knock it off Utah state, but what is your level of confidence in, in BYU? And, you know, when we talk about confidence and, and we talk about your level of confidence with BYU, I mean, really the question I'm asking you is, are you as, you know, are you as confident in BYU as you were week one? Well, certainly you're probably not. Right. I mean, certainly things change during a season, but as the injuries have mounted, I just see that quality, consistent play falling down a little bit. It's not an excuse. It's simply a reality. Yeah. And as you now head for this stretch of games, we've all been looking forward to. And amazingly, it's October. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only question I ask you when it's October is why have you not gotten to tridaytrading.com slash Monty? Like, that, to me, is the biggest question in BYU Nation right now. Do you why, want to set up the meeting? Why hasn't every BYU fan gone to TridayTrading.com slash Monty? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Stop grinding on your side hustle. Stop. Think about it this way. <clears throat> You're going to work today. How much do you love your job? How much do you hate your job? Why are you not going to do something to change that? Because day trading is an avenue for you to reach prosperity much quicker than you're doing it now, right? And if you're that guy who's got a good nine to five, but you're always side hustling, stop, get off the wheel, man. If you're that guy that hates his gig and you're looking for a new job and you're looking for something different, get to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Register for the free webinar. It's no obligation. You're simply going to watch the webinar and make a choice. But trust me when I say, Go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and watch that webinar with a mindset that your life is about to change because it is. Day trading is a legitimate, lucrative way for you to provide for your family. And whether you're a single 25-year-old guy or a married with four kids and you're 47 years old and you're just tired of working for the man, get to TridayTrading.com and understand that they're going to teach you mentor you and coach you to become one of the elite day traders in the industry and make the money that you and your family deserve. And you know that they're serious because when you're through the program at Tri-Day Trading and you're ready to start trading on live trades, 
You're going to do that with Triday Trading's money. You're not going to do that with your own money. And that's the best part of it. They're so confident that they can make you a prolific day trader that they're going to give you their own money to trade. And when you make money with their money, they're going to split the profit with you 50-50. You just did nothing to make 50% of the profit with TridayTrading.com's money. That, to me, speaks volumes about their program. And don't take my word for it. Go look at all of their, their actual students that go through the program and become day traders, and you'll see hundreds and hundreds of testimonials of people who've gone to TridayTrading.com. They simply watched the free webinar and then dove in head first. And now they work for themselves. They're not grinding for a side hustle anymore. They're not taking the paycheck every other week. They work for themselves. It's freedom. It's prosperity. But it starts at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Register for the free webinar. All right. Uh, 717, let's get back talking BYU. Don't forget Harris Lachance joins the show coming up at 830. What is that? About an hour and 15 minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, not soon enough. Presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. It's almost October. Yep. I am almost giddy to play their spot next week. Yes. That's how excited about Papa Murphy's Pizza's October promotion that I am. I, I cannot wait. I am really excited about it. BYU uh, wins last night. But does it? Here's the other thing I thought was interesting. Does the game last night feel like a win? Not really. It doesn't? No. No. Okay. I mean, it may be in the program it does. Maybe... You know, standing at, uh, you know, maybe for Harris with the wagon wheel, it does. And I totally get it. I'm I'm sure it feels great. But to me, in the big picture, when we're looking at the season, like, I don't know, man. It just, it felt like BYU had a special season brewing, you know? And yeah. now it kind of feels like it's just another season. It kind of feels like, well, you know, you got your ass beat by Oregon. And it doesn't, we just haven't really had that bounce back you know, 65 to 10 win, you know, where you just like light a team up and just dominate them, you know, like that's, that's what I feel like. That's what, you know, like, like yesterday on the show, I said, you should beat the living hell out of this Utah state team. This but it, be but like, is this Kalani too nice? Yes. Because one of the things we routinely talk about on this show is why they don't score 70 points when, when Idaho state comes to Provo. Like you, you, I, I feel like there is a, and and I'm it's too strong to say that Kalani doesn't care. Obviously, I I know he cares, but but it should be a top priority for this team to be like pushing the top ten in the AP to be to be like dominating the conversation, you know. And and the only way you do that as an independent the year before you head into Big Twelve conference play is to absolutely pound these teams and. I feel like when we talk about little things like lining up in the neutral zone or yeah. rotating a guy of Harris Lachance's ability and caliber on the right side of your or offensive just line, just or, complete lack of discipline. Yeah, against the thing, and 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 it's funny you bring that up too because it, as far as Tuiaki goes, they're trying to run the football. I mean, it, there was no doubt Utah State. You know, we broke the news on Twitter yesterday that Logan Bonner's career at Utah State is over. He is out for the year. Uh, with a broken foot, um, you knew they were going to have to run the ball. You're still playing three up and eight back. Yeah, why? again, why are you Does in dime against the run? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I think you're exactly right. I think this was probably a game where you were trying stuff out. I, I, I don't even have that much of a problem with that. Wow. I, I really don't. I mean, it is what it is. It just makes me question. It makes me wonder, what is the goal? 
in this program? What is the stated goal? I think the stated goal right now is developing depth and playing quality football. Wow. And I think you can rotate, guys. I, I would be stunned if Kingsley Suamataia missed a single snap against Notre Dame. Well, yeah. I mean, Harris I, is going to play every snap I would be stunned. You're not going to rotate. play every snap. Like, yeah, but but my point is, is like, is it... So, are we saying that it, it's a situation where, you know, the caliber of bowl game you get to doesn't necessarily matter as much as just getting to a bowl game? Is I think it, that's exactly what it is. And You're that, not undefeated. You lost to Oregon. Right, my guess is you're probably going to lose to Notre Dame, and I would think that you would beat Arkansas. Just a guess. You're probably a two-loss team this year. I mean, it, when you look at when you look at what's left on their schedule, um, I I don't think there there is any question that that their most difficult games are going to be on the road. Um, I think when you look at at you know where are you Notre Dame certainly Ark I think they're going to split those games, so they'll be. You know, you you're already four and one. So my guess is at that point you're five and two. Um, I don't think Liberty on the road is going to be any cakewalk. I think East Carolina, East Carolina, Carolina. Uh, should be a win. Um, Boise State, ask San Diego State about Boise State tonight, right? I mean, Bachmeyer's done at Boise. Yeah. You should win that game. I'm I'm not trying to be too hard on the program, man. I, I'm really not. But I but I just. It's just so, like, the thing for me, and this is one of the biggest differences between BYU and Utah for me personally. When BYU is in the in the top 10 conversation or, like, even top 15 and they're pushing the top 10, you know? Like, when they're, when they're hot, when they're rolling, when they're getting victory after victory, there's, like, this palpable, like, momentum and, like, specialness about their program, you know? For Utah, the thing I love about Utah is, is there's always some adversity in that program and they're always overcoming. And somehow, some way, Wit always finds a way to get to that that big ass Rose Bowl level bowl game, you know? And that's what I feel like is special about the Utah program. So when I see, you know, Harris getting rotated out or Kingsley getting rotated out or 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 lining up in the neutral zone or like just this little stuff, I'm just like, dude, like, like why do we have six DBs in against the run? Why do we have you know, even if they were playing nickel against the run, I'd have a problem with it. Like, bring in the thumpers on first down. Well, but you notice what happened in in the second half. Yeah. You stopped rotating guys. Yeah, and, play the we have a, a bite from know, Kalani talking yeah. about defensive adjustments. I mean, he I mean, they did an interview on the field with them right after the game here where he's talking about like they had to make changes at the half. Well, when we knew that they were going into this this uh it's like a I don't know, it's more like a triple option type of look. And, and trying to run the ball with taking some shots. We had to make some adjustments, you know, and, and um, it's hard to do that when you're, you know, when you're in, right in the middle of the game, when you're when trying to take away some, the, the option, basically, with the QB run game. So we had to, had to change things up at halftime, and I think second half the guys showed a lot better. And, but, um, you know, we probably should have anticipated this, but I, I don't know. They, they haven't shown this type of offense all year long or even in, in the past with what they've done. So, um you know, we got got a change, and I thought second half the defense played a lot better. There's uh, Kalani Sataki on BYU TV after the game, and I think he's right. I mean, the second half you came out and you you looked a lot more prepared. But I, I, these slow starts are a big concern for me. The lack of discipline, ten penalties, is a big concern for me. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Did you disrespect Utah State by rotating guys? And I have no well, idea. Well, you dis. Well, what you did was because it, it, it's never. 
So when BYU plays Utah State, with all due respect to Utah oh State, it's never about Utah State. Utah State could have the best possible team. They're still going to lose this game, and they should lose every single time. And the fact is, is that BYU should always have better talent, and that's just the reality of the situation. Well, and I thought in the third quarter that talent showed out. I mean, Braden Cosper making that catch. But Jared as far as fast throws. starts, I mean, though, like you, well, have, yeah, I, you, know, you played like, yourself, is what yeah, you did. That's what I mean, I'm that, saying. Like that's you the hard part. You. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard part. You played yourself by coming out in those rotations and and playing slow football. I just. That was really surprising. But that said, to me. you see the flip, and this is the conversation. You, do. you see, like, like Harris Lachance, not just because he comes on the show, but like because he's one of the most important parts of their offensive line. You see the flip when you come out early in the first half, looking to establish the the lead, so you can have a comfortable end of this game. You see, hey, yeah, we're gonna get the pile driver known as Harris Lachance out to the second level, and we're gonna dominate some guys, and we're gonna be able to run the football, and we're gonna do some things, and it, and it almost feels like. It's just a mentality thing. Oh, the game's tight. Well, better turn that dial up because we gotta we gotta get into the end zone. Oh, we're playing Utah State at Lavelle. Yeah, no problem, no problem. We'll keep it on like a two, and we'll just see how this thing plays out. Like that's what it looks oh, like to me. We'll keep it on a two. Yeah, grease the grease the you know grease the ball bearings on that wagon wheel. It's ours. Jeff Johnson says Kalani's not happy. These last few uh, interviews, you can tell he's disappointed with his players. I agree completely. Uh, N Donuts says, stoked to have Dirk Cutter for OC of Boise State. Boise. How is Boise State a six-and-a-half-point favorite tonight? Where's San Diego State Aztec? He's here. I know I saw him. Uh, let's see. Mike Maple says, LaChance, you have some splaining to do. Yep, that's one hour from right now. Harris LaChance will join us. Mike Chase, uh, good morning to you. He says, uh, need to establish a run game and get our run defense to actually stop the run frustrating yes uh Provo Coog fan says uh not to be not too greedy 10 and 2 is fantastic 9 and 3 is great yes 11 and 1 would be the best but uh you really worry about uh is next year in the big 12 yeah I don't I do too that. I do too yeah uh Tanner Plummer um says we should be hard on this program They've been good, great for the last couple of years. Shouldn't we expect them to be great again? I'm with Jake. We need to be hard on this team. I, I don't agree that we need to be hard on this team. I just think you have to be honest. Yeah, it's not a, hey, let's be hard asses on BYU. It's a, hey, what did we see on the field last night? We saw a massive amount of, of stupidity. We saw a lack of defense. We saw a, a lack of discipline, a lack of football IQ, just a lack of understanding of what your job was. That... See, that's what that's what infuriates me. I've watched a lot of football in my life, and you can always tell when a guy doesn't know his job. And not to point to him because he's on the show all the time, but Harris Chance is a guy who you can say for certain knows his job. He knows which way he's got to turn his D, D lineman. He knows he's got to get to the second level. He understands. Like the frustrating part for me is when you have you know linebackers who are trying to do too much. I said this about Max Tooley against Oregon. Yes, you did. Max Tooley's trying to play hero ball on defense. You're not going to get a pick six every snap of the football, nor should you be trying to, right? I mean, sometimes just stepping into the gap to stop the run is fine. You don't need a tackle for loss, but don't give up 20 when you should have had him for a two-yard gain, right? Like, th those are the things, the basics that this team's not doing. Yeah. Last night, I thought Ben Bywater played pretty well. They threw the football to him. He caught it. It was a really important moment in that game, that interception, right? Yeah. But I look at I look at the fact that they continue to do things like 
have defensive drives where they'll miss on one drive three, four tackles. That against Oregon, you look at Max Tooley running into other linebackers, like over-pursuing, over-aggressive, running into other linebackers. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't. Now, having said that, you can clean all of this up. You've got 10 days to get ready for Notre Dame, and you better clean this up. I would expect a very prepared BYU you would think so. for that game. You would absolutely think so. Uh, San Diego State Aztecs said, uh, who's, who is going to score tonight? I, are you surprised about this? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm making too much of it. Hank Bachmeyer quit on the program at Boise this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just straight up walked away. He said, you know, I'm out. Yeah, I'm he out. wants he wants to go to the NFL, and he wants a better opportunity. I can respect that. Are, are you surprised that San Diego State is a six-point dog going to Boise when Boise got boat raced by UTEP last week? And the game that really stands out is Boise State was never in the Oregon State game. Right. They were never in that game. Right. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, losing your quarterback is, yeah, it's a, obviously a big deal. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess it is a little surprising that San Diego, you said San Diego State's a six-point dog? Yeah, six yeah, and mean, a half. That is surprising. I mean, I, I could kind of see three just because, you know, you're you're on the road like that. You know, that's pretty standard business there. But I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, the boys in Vegas are uh, pretty spot on with most with pretty much everything that they set. So we'll we'll yeah. I, I don't know really what to attribute that to. I guess you know. I don't well, know what to say other than hey, you lost your quarterback, and you know we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. I I, I will be interested to see. Man, the numbers for San Diego State in that Toledo game were ugly. Braxton Burmeister, thirteen of twenty four for sixty five yards. Yeah. That's your. I said sixty-five yards throwing. Sixty-five yards. Okay. Come That's on, fine. man. Good news is you ran for two. I don't know. San Diego State's a huge disappointment this year. Yeah. With all due respect, San Diego State. I mean, they that they are a huge, huge disappointment. Yeah. Uh, Kendall Dean. Good morning, too. Says D had a lot of missed tackles last night as well. Hanneman missed a key tackle uh, for USU's first score. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And that's know, what I'm like, saying against a team like Utah State, like yeah, like you know, Hanneman's missed tackle leads to a touchdown, but a lot of these other ones that didn't will lead to touchdowns for better teams. That's all they need to score. Yeah, we'll see. I I really hope that it's not playing down to your competition. I hate that. Well, phrase. I don't I don't know that we can definitively say that either yet because you know, like you you had a slow start against Oregon, had a slow start against Wyoming, you definitely had a slow start last night, like. This is not a, a just against Utah State thing, you know. I mean, this has been a a pattern for the last couple of weeks, and so I I the slow start thing you see it in sports, you know, pretty regularly. Yep. And I don't know. There's not a great way to fix it, like with the Jazz. I mean, with the Jazz, we talked about it all season. Like, hey, they got they got out to a really slow start. They scored like eight points in the first quarter, and they're down twenty going into the second quarter. Like we've talked about that many times, and so I don't know how you fix it other than as you always say. Put your best players in position to do what best players do, which is make plays and put the football in the end zone. You know, like that to me is how you alleviate slow starts. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of slow starts, uh, the Utah Jutes. How about the Utah Utes, the fighting Utes? Um, They're an 11-point favorite hosting Oregon State tomorrow at noon. Yeah. What's your level of confidence? One to five. 
Utah, uh, Utah probably wins. four. That they're gonna win? Yeah, because I think it's at I think it's at uh, Rice Eccles. It you is. Know? I think that it's it's that they're gonna win. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I like them to win this game. I, I think that. Yeah, I, I'm not. I like them to win the game, but I, I'm not four out of five that they're. Well, gonna what win. do you think is going to happen then? I mean, if you like them to win the game, then certainly if five is their undoubtedly. I guarantee they're going to win. Four would be. I'm. I feel pretty confident they're going to win. Are you getting like, a defensive touchdown? Because obviously, I mean, the thing that everybody realizes is Oregon State lost to USC because they turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. But Oregon State had USC on the ropes. In Corvallis, and probably USC also doesn't have a defense. Not probably. It, well, that's very true, right? But, so to me, when you look at this matchup, the reason Oregon State was in that game and you know was was it was close is because USC can't stop anybody, and USC is a team that plays a brand of football that's like, hey, we're just going to score more than you, and and that's great. I'm not even saying that that's a bad way to play football. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's very different than what Utah does. Utah is saying, hey. We're going to suffocate you defensively, and then we're going to look to put up probably 27 points. I mean, for the Utah offense, anytime they get to 27 points, they're probably winning the ballgame, you know? Utah is going to dominate this game up front because I think one of the big Achilles heels that Oregon State has shown is that they don't get in the backfield. They don't, they're not a pass rush team. Yeah. And I think if you're if you're looking for Tavion Thomas to get out of the doghouse, this is probably the game that happens. Keep it real. Keep keeping it real. Uh, because you saw Tavion Thomas, you know, essentially suspended for the first half of a game. And he came in and ran well, broke a touchdown string, didn't score a touchdown. I think this is a get back game for Tavion Thomas. And I think this is this is one of those games where you make a statement. This is one of those games where if you're Utah, you've got to get back to Uting, right? I mean, you've got to get physical. You've got to get after the quarterback. You've got to be. You've got to win the point of attack. And I think this is another opportunity where you're going to see that the the Utah wide receivers uh, will get out and and have a game. I think the also ob- the obvious storyline is Brant Keithy not being in the lineup here. Yeah. And you're going to have to figure out is Dalton Kincaid a number one. I think he is. Obviously, he's a hell of a talented tight end. Well, I got to be honest. I don't think he has a choice. I mean, I I think that he's got he's the guy. The, the The problem is, is that in the tight end room right now, you've got Dalton Kincaid, who's obviously gotten the lion's shares of reps, um, with the guys who are in there, of course, and you know everyone else in that room hasn't really had a ton of reps. So when I look at you know Oregon State giving up what uh, I think it's four point seven yards a carry on the ground. I think about Utah's offense, and I say, okay, well, let's just say that Tavion has a big game, averages five yards a carry. Let's call it five yards a carry. If he does five yards a carry, then I would think that the seam route for a tight end should be open, theoretically, because the linebackers are stepping up. Like There should be some room there. So to me, I'm not so worried about the tight ends. I'm worried about the run game a little bit and and just how effective you need to be to have success. Because your defense, I think, is going to have a good day. You need 150 yards on the ground. I mean, ideally, you'd pass for 200 and run for 200. I mean, that would be ideal. Yeah. But I don't know that that happens. I just think this, dude, this is at Rice-Eccles. Like, your defense is is in in a good place. Like, I just, I'm not saying they're going to win this game handily. It's probably going to be a fight, no doubt about it. And, and. I just it's it's hard for me to be like yeah Utah's gonna lose at Rice Eccles. I just it's it's always difficult for me to say that any team that's based in the run is gonna have a tough time beating Utah. Yeah, 
I mean, they, they just are. I, I think Lander Barton is a hell of a football player, and yeah. I think he's a guy that is exploding. He's not evolving or emerging. That kid's exploding onto the national scene. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the Pac-12 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the leadership he's getting, you know, he's filling that gap that Devin Lloyd left behind. Um, and when you look at this game, you know, I, I've seen the number as high as 14 points in favor of Utah. I, I much more prefer Utah in a 28-17, you know, 28-20 game. Yeah, I think it's one possession most of the game. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm three, two and a half, three out of five that they win this game. I, I think I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be one up front. And I know that's a football cliche. It's one in the trenches. Yeah, we'll see. Uh Tom Basilius agrees with you. He says Utah wins by fourteen. Well, I never said Utah was winning by fourteen plus. I just said that I think that they're gonna win. I feel confident they're gonna win. Yep. And donuts or and don and endo nuts. I just would prefer if we called you N Donuts because I would like a When's donut. When's the last time you had a donut? I don't know. I'm fat. Uh, damn, I've become a creature of habit. I watch you got you guys in the morning now. Good show. Well, we appreciate you being here. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Norga Coog. See, I got the Norga Coog. I well, made it used to be Norse Coog, and then he was like, yeah. hey, asshole, it's Norga Coog. Yeah, uh, so unlike the BYU defense, I've made the... Never mind. Damn. Uh, Norga Coog says Oregon State didn't have any problem running on Utah last year. Well... Yeah, things, and it, so again, we'll see. We'll see. I just, yeah. And I still believe, by the way, and I think we probably have all 37 Ute fans that have ever listened to this show, <laughs> uh, but Van Filiger still, to me, is one of the most important players X on that factor. defense. X factor. I mean, when he's lit, when he's playing, uh, and he's playing well, I love what he brings to the field. And I, I think you're only getting better. That secondary is still really good. Yes. I'm not worried about Oregon run, Oregon State running all over them. I'm not. You know, like it's to me anyway. Uh, Cam Harrison. Good morning, guys. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. Jake. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get on finding he's, that he's drop. Asking I'm like 15 for, pages deep here. He would okay. like the Mo Bamba drop. Yeah, well, uh, I'll let you know when I got that. All right, thanks. Um, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. Shout out to Mobamba. It's a drop we used to play. No, but I will. Which one? Oh, sorry, yeah. that oh, was the, the wrong. That was the wrong drop. My bad. My was, bad. Was that the? Are you sure? My bad. That was that wasn't the right drop. Sorry. Okay. Maybe sorry. You know that that's you know, fine. Yeah. Jake. Jake thinks. Oh he's, shit! Damn, I am tripping. Yeah. See, Jake thinks he's funny. You know, like, I'm just trying to find the drive. I legit don't know where it is because I've had to switch computers and I'm working through some things. And, you know, we got. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank you. Yeah. I'll just, you know, I'll fill the gap here, Jake. I'm know. a man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Throw you. Throw some crickets in. Yeah, that would be appropriate. Shout the Mobamba. Hey. Hey. There we go. There we go. Okay. Good All job. right. Okay, we can move on. We can move on with the show now. You know. Uh, James Knight says, how's it going, lads? I'm all right. I'm Friday. Right. It is Friday. You know, it, nobody cares. Nobody okay, cares. Okay, five minutes. Five minutes. About what? Whatever you want to talk about. I'm fucking tired. That's what I want to talk about. Like, you know Sorry, what? Folks, it, that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's already a week, it, it's already a week from Monday. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and I say this all the time, like these the weeks just go by. So dang fast. Y'all feel me? The, and excuse my French. I'm trying, you know, I'm really trying not to curse on this show anymore. Um, Jake curses so much in the drops that I figure we've got that angle covered. Mm, yeah. But, you yeah. know, it, it just seems like the months are turning into weeks, which are turning into days. 
And I can't believe it's October. Like, I, I am almost just I'm dumb. I'm going to say this again. Where did Hawaii go? Where did Hawaii go? Yeah, like, I, a month I, ago, I, I we were getting know, ready dude. to evacuate to Hawaii. Where Keep did Hawaii go, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it's remarkable to me that I am going to be 50 here. My wife is already 50. You know, like, life is just flying by. And, and I, I kid you not, this isn't even like a turn to a sponsor, but I look at things like like opening this business and going all in and quitting Yelp and it's crazy how much faster your life moves Yeah, when you're making moves. I just feel like we hit the accelerator and it's all good things, you know, we're doing really well, we're... Yeah, it's not a complaint, but I think, it's just you know, crazy. It's just, I, I think the fact is, is like, you know, you talked about the Papa Murphy's thing or, or not, um, you know, not being able to get pizza last night earlier. And that's yeah, a direct so, result of what happened. So yesterday we had a plan. Uh, like yesterday was going to be our light day, right? Like yesterday was going to be, oh, yeah, we got to go over here. One we day a do week, this. you got to have a light day. Yeah, we're going to do this. We'll be home by noon. We'll get some lunch for the my, Mrs. Monty had a very busy day at work yesterday. Like, all right, we'll get her some lunch. We'll go to the gym. We'll come home. We clear on that? We'll get the Papa Murphy's. It'll be done by the time BYU kicks off. We'll yeah. watch Thursday night. No. We go to do the thing that was supposed to be like an hour, and it turned into nine hours. Is this the dagger? And it's just like, damn, dude. And so my wife's crabby. We get home. Like, we're talking on the phone when I'm driving home yesterday. And she's like, what do you guys want for dinner? We're like, well, I'm not really hungry. She clearly wanted some us to pick up something for dinner. We didn't. Like... It was just that day where you feel like crap because you were all out of sync. You know. And it just, so my overarching point here is you got to stop working for anybody but yourself. Yeah. Because life just happens too fast. Yeah. Everything is moving so quickly and we're making really good money and we're doing all this good stuff. But I'm telling you, man, you you cannot get days back. It is, you know what? It's only Friday, September 30th, 2022 at 742 in the yeah, morning it, once. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, I'd rather feel this way than, you know, again, with all due respect to, to everybody, I love you guys, but like, you know, I, I I would rather be doing this and burning my days this way than burning them sitting at a desk. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think it's, it's and and that's and and again like not 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 because they advertise on the show but that's why that's why I personally was excited about the Friday thing because it is actually it's real and oh I think, it is real and I think that it it it's just crazy like you show up you know doing we can't we can't give you specifics because we can't talk about it yet what what's happening we can talk about it in like eight nine days seriously like um we're close to being able to talk about it but the point is is that yeah yesterday we showed up expecting one thing. Another thing happened, and then Thursday disappeared. I'm just, I, I will just go back to what I always say. If you're working for somebody else and you're, you're, you're like, man, okay, so let's see, today's the 30th. Uh, so, you know, overnight tonight, I'm going to get my paycheck and, you know, I got to pay this bill and that bill, but, you know, I'm going to let this bill ride a little bit. Or if that's what your life is right now, if you're like, man, I'm so desperate to get out of this apartment, um, man, how am I going to pay my rent? You got to do something. Stop sitting on your hands and go do something. If if you are having kids and you're like, dude, I have no idea how I'm going to pay for this. Hey, I can't make my car payment. Why are you doing that? It it, it is amazing to me. Um, you know, like we're gonna give we're gonna give away a pair of shoes today. Two and pairs I, of shoes. I think this is where this comes into. Like we met a guy yesterday. Um, that 
has like holes in his shoe. He's a laborer. He works. You know, he builds yeah, things. He he. You yeah, know, like, he's a he's a he labors. Yeah, and he it, labors. It's just like yeah. everybody aspires for more than what they have, but they're not willing to like get out and do it. Yeah. If you if you're if you're sitting here, and again, if you're planning out, you're budgeting your paycheck, and hey, but I gotta go to work and stop. Why? What are you doing? Why are you living that life? I am telling you, and hey, maybe that is your thing. Maybe your paycheck is your thing and you're good with it. Okay, cool. You're in the 1%. But I'm telling you, 99% of people aspire for more. And if you are sitting on your hands and you're not willing to go out and, and earn more, that's a you problem because the things are tried things like Triday Trading, they're out there. People like, you know, the the guys that own the Papa Murphy's Pizza, the ownership group that we work with. All these local businesses, Ryan at Triday Trading. The Papa Murphy's thing is a great example. I, I, it I can't is. remember the specifics of the story he told us, but essentially the gist of it was that, you know, the first store that he was able to open, he had to like sacrifice and like live out of his car and like, you know, but you like, know why he opened leap. that first store? Because an opportunity presented itself. And I'm not going to, you know, he, he's just one of the Papa Murphy's owners that we yes. deal with because all the Papa Murphy's are, they're not national. It's local guys. Their yes. brand is national. It's local stores, right? So we deal with the local ownership group. And he was telling us his story. He's like, yeah, I was in college. And he was actually at Utah State, believe it or not. And he's like, yeah, you know, like I, there was a building open. They, it was an opportunity. And it was either stay in school or go and do this thing. So I went and did this thing. And that thing led me to this thing with led me to owning all these Papa Murphy's and hey, I know this guy that owns all these wing nuts. And I know this guy that like, that's how it happens. And you wind up making a decision that changes your life. And yeah. so if you're sitting on your hands and you don't know, like I, I the next person that I ask, Hey, what do you, wh what do you dream? What's your dream? What do you want to be? I don't know. I totally get that. Go to Triday trading. Go open a Papa Murphy. You Murphy's. just have like, to get to a point where you can get your time back. And like, I, I think a lot of people don't recognize that time is money. Yeah. Because time is not time is not infinite. Time is not, you know, like this is the Tuatunga Vailoa story. Yeah. He has brain damage. How is he going to fix that? Oh, that's right. You can never fix that. Why is he playing football? Probably for the money. Probably for the money. All the guys on Get Up this morning on ESPN were talking about, hey, I know I have brain damage. I did, like Rob Ninkovich was crying on Get Up this morning. It was crazy. Talking about how he had a concussion. And what he what his experience in this concussion was, was, hey, I got hit. I came back around, like I woke up and I was like, what's going on? What, what are we doing? Come on, let's go. We're playing a football game. Let's. He had no idea what happened. And they're like, hey, dude, you, you were out cold. He's like, nah, I'm fine. Let's go. And he's like, I think about that every day because I also was locker mates with Junior Seau, who eventually wound up committing suicide because of concussions. Yeah. And it's like, you don't get those days back, dude. So if you're 15, 25, 35, 55, every day is a chance to change your life. And so when the reason that we're talking about this and the reason I bring this back around is you're either going to sit here and complain about it or you're going to do something about it. Yeah. And I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but you got to go and do something about it because standing around and wasting your time, time is freedom. Time is opportunity because right now, what are you doing? 
You are doing what you have to do instead of what you want to be doing. Change your life and start doing the things you want to do instead of what you have to do. I'm telling you, man, the, the Tri-Day thing is an opportunity. Our opportunity, we didn't have the Tri-Day thing available to us when we were jumping from Yelp. Our, our opportunity was, okay, we're tired of working at a desk. We know what we want to do, which is very fortunate in my opinion. And we essentially just had to save our money for a couple of years. That's literally what we did. And I'm telling you, the timeline is much shorter with, with the Tri-Day opportunity. And I think it's much shorter with a lot of opportunities. And I think it's scary to make the jump, but I'm telling you, and the, the again, the genesis of this whole conversation that we're having right now is that yesterday, you know, an opportunity presented itself. We saw a kid who, you know, loves our Jordans that we had on yesterday and happens to wear the same shoe size that I do. And I happen to own quite a few pairs of Jordans, which means I have an opportunity to inspire the kid by giving him a pair of Jordans. And that and that's the whole point of it. I wouldn't be able to have this opportunity if we hadn't made the jump. And that, to me, is the significant part. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I'm curious, since you guys quit Yelp, what do you guys do during your days now? Many things. We run our business. We uh, sell our show. We do things we can't tell you about because we don't want to go to jail. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, we'll tell you what we do during the day now. Um, in less than probably a week or so, we'll tell you what we're doing, whether, you know, the main thing of is, is good to go or not. I, I don't know at that point, but we're going to try. Uh, Nor Norga Coog says the older you get, the faster life goes. Jeez. Yes. If I knew that at 25, and it's the old saying, if I knew what I knew, you know, then, if I if I knew then what I know now, I'd be a weapon. I'd be a weapon. Uh, KTMS, K the Monty Show Radio. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Brent Burnett says shoes. Exactly right. Yeah. San Diego State Aztec says, my wife says every so often, you can't remember the 90s. I was so immersed in building my book of business in the investment world. Retired from that now for like the last five years. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Jeff Johnson, you should do a segment on working for yourselves and how you still plan for retirement benefits investments to take care of you after you retire. That's the most intimidating for most. Well, yeah, you want me to be blunt with you? I don't have retirement. I don't have I don't have a plan long term plan yet. I, I I'm not there yet in the process. The process it, it is for me a is, process. The process right now, and again, this is and and this is the fascinating thing. Like my I knew like working at Yelp, great example. Another motivating factor for me to want to leave Yelp was I knew that even making 150, 175 a year, conservatively, that wasn't enough. Like that's not enough in today's world to live comfortably and do everything you want to do. And so what I said was, okay, I'm a believer in the abundance mindset and not the uh, scarcity mindset, which basically just means that it's, hey, I need to save a bunch of money versus how do we make more yeah. money? I'm not about the, hey, I need to save money. I'm about, well, I want to make more money. So how do I get of, in that? If you think about the money we walked away from at Yelp, I mean, it's intimidating. It is intimidating. Like benefits, stocks. I mean, I, I walked away from over $300,000 at Yelp. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, is like, and, but but again, but it's not about the money per se. It's about it's the fact that, that you're sitting there being a machine for somebody else's business. And I'm telling you, man, like 
Whether you agree or not, I'm telling you the truth is, is that everyone deserves to do what they want to do. The problem is, is that we just get ingratiated into, okay, you're going to school, you're getting a job, you're buying a house, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's what nine out of ten people's lives are. And I'm telling you, man, you can do it differently. You can literally, like, whether it's tridaytrading.com slash Monty, like, I would encourage you to look at that opportunity. But if it's that or if it's, like, another thing, like, find your thing and get out of giving 10 hours a day to someone else, bro. Big Mugama said, I feel you, Mount. Went through a realization last year, spending a lot more time with my parents as they age. I say no to others, taking my time a lot easier now. That's the thing. Yeah, dude. People don't understand that learning to say no is a life hack. And it is, truly. A couple more because I know we got to get to football. 50 here. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, Monty, how about Debo Samuel being picked up by Jordan? That's legit. It is legit. It is legit. Uh, Tom Basilius says, Monty, up to something exciting to see. We are. We are. Uh, Tom Basilius says, not selling out the independence, I hope. Never. Never. Uh, Derek says, how are you guys making so much money for Yelp? Uh Arguably, I was the number one sales rep. Not even arguably. A lot of months, I was the number one local sales rep at Yelp in the entire company. I did quite well at Yelp, like really well. But I agree with you. It's the abundance mindset. It wasn't enough. Because when you start realizing how much time, I gave away nine hours of my life every day to Yelp for three years. Mm -hmm. Every single day. Mm -hmm. Imagine what I could do with nine hours if I got that back. That's what we're doing. And what we're doing is football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. We bring you the biggest stories in uh, football. I don't think there's any doubt today that the biggest story in football is this Tua Tagovailoa. How many mispronunciations of his name has there been today? It's crazy to me what Tua Tagovailoa is going through, and it's just completely unnecessary. Dude, the concept you explained about not even knowing that you got knocked out and so, when you wake up is gnar. So, Tua Tungabailoa last night. And I'm careful and I'm measured on this because I don't know for a fact he had a concussion Sunday. But if you listen to all the experts, and I was tweeting with a neurologist last night, and he was saying there's no question Sunday he had a concussion, and I agree with that. He, in my opinion, Tua Tungavailoa just suffered his second concussion in four days. Every time you have a concussion like that, it's worse the next time. Like, uh, uh, I was DMing with Ryan Clark last night, the ESPN guy who was somebody I knew a little bit when I worked at ESPN, and he was saying that he his second concussion, he just couldn't function. He had two concussions in four weeks, and he couldn't function. Tua Tungavailoa had two concussions in four days. And last night on the field, he, he got slammed to the side, like in a whiplash motion, and he hit his head on the turf, and his brain seized up. And how you know that is, like, his fingers were all distorted. Don't go watch it, please. I'm asking you actually not to watch it. We're not playing the highlight intentionally because you don't need to see it. Yeah. His body, his brain seized up. And the thing that infuriates me is listening to his coach after the game, Mike McDaniels. Listen to the last line of this press conference last night. That was an emotional moment. 
um, that is not part of the deal that anyone signs up for, even though you you know it's a possibility in, in football to have something that you have to get taken off and on a stretcher is, uh, you know, all of his teammates, myself, we were all um, very, very concerned. So the the best news that we could get is that everything is checked out, um, that he didn't uh, have any anything more serious than um, a, a concussion will be uh, he'll be flying back with us here on the plane. He didn't have anything more serious than a concussion. Well, thank God it was only, you know, a concussion. We're not talking about a sprained ankle, Man. bro. We're not and, talking about a torn ACL. And that's the hard thing to take. And I, I just don't feel like the NFL cares. I don't feel like they take it seriously. I don't feel like it's life and death for them. I feel like it's like, oh, he just had a concussion is what it is. Yeah, things happen in yeah, the league. You know. Yeah. It happens. What are you going to do? No, if that's not how it's got to be. And it drives me crazy that we just, it, we're at a point where for 100 years we've known this now. Generations of football players have died unnecessarily. Like you look at Steve Mongo McMichael, who's dealing with ALS right now that most people believe is tied to concussions. You look at what guys like Junior Seau, Dave Dewerson, all these NFL legends that have committed suicide because of brain damage. And I just say to myself, at what point are we going to do something tangible and real to protect football players and their brains? And I, I don't know if you can. I don't, the, yeah, I don't the athlete, think there's anything they can do. The athlete's getting bigger and faster and stronger. And you just hear a coach say, well, you know, at least he didn't have anything more serious than a concussion. What do you mean? That's two concussions in four days. Four days. Two concussions where the first one he does, he, he had, by some accounts, the, the people, the neurologists that tweet about this stuff, you could see he was dizzy and not all there. Last night he was out cold. And they say, like, the people who've been out cold say you just wake up and you have no idea that you just lost five minutes of your life. You're essentially comatose. You're out. I, well, thank God it was only that he was comatose and out cold and in a brain seizure. Thankfully, it was nothing more worse than that. Like, my God, it, yeah. I, I'm so upset. Yeah. About, like, it's it's so upsetting. And the funny thing is, my wife is watching the game on her phone. Yeah, right. Like, because we're watching BYU and Mrs. Monty's watching the stream on her on her phone, and it's just like I'm sitting there the whole time thinking. I just have no interest in the NFL right now. Like, I'm yeah. so pissed about this thing. And the continuing, like, just writing off these guys as though they're not humans. They're commodities. They're just robots, right? Okay, well, the game's over. All right, let's go hang two up in his in his little charging station. Like, that's what it feels like. And they're like, oh, well, he flew back on the plane with the team, so everything's fine. Like, like it's not fine. Yeah. It's not fine. What do you say to this guy's kids when he's older? What do you say to this guy's when wife and his family? When he's what, dead at 50. What do you say when he develops Parkinson's disease or he develops ALS? And it's like, oh, well, you know what? At least he only had a concussion then. But what do you say then? That's the hard part. And you know what sucks? Now we're talking football and it's all negative. Yes. It's all negative. Yep. And it just, like, I love football. I'm such a passionate Bears fan. 
but it just takes some of my my verve away for it because I, I know what's happening. Football yes. 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the Triple Pet Pizza for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Yeah, super stoked. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Order it this weekend and then get ready because you're going to order it next weekend too. The October promotion at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Bomb. Bomb. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And my wife is a huge Halloweener. Mm-hmm. I think I just... Okay. And Dude, my dog bro. is now vomiting in the background again, I think. Um, but I think I just called my wife a wiener. <laughs> I believe I did that. <laughs> a Halloweener. Okay. Okay. Right, that's fine. You, you know. know. <laughs> but my wife is saying? a huge fan of Halloween. A huge fan. Yeah, let's talk about this Tua Tonga Bailoa thing. Um, you know, here on the Monty Show, presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Um I want to have an open, honest discussion with you. And the question I would ask you is, do you guys lose passion for the game when you see something like the two incident last night? Because I do. Honestly, I do. And I look at all these other situations, injuries, you know, injuries are a part of every major sport. You see broken legs, not just in the NFL, but in basketball. Um, You see them in baseball. Like, I mean, injuries are a part of the games. Being a professional athlete comes with pain. That kind of pain to me is just different. And I, I don't know. What is Tom saying? Tom's talking about Here? how he had, yeah, there's one above that too, where he said he had multiple concussions, I think. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Tom Basilius, apparently to a clear concussion protocol on the field and then was questionable for back and ankle for the game. Well, what they're saying is, yeah, is that the injury last Sunday, four days before this Thursday night game, um, was a back injury. He was having back spasms. It had nothing to do with his head. But Tom, here's the problem I have with that. The problem I have with that is, is that when you look at the injury Sunday, why is he shaking? He immediately, when he falls backwards and hits his head, what's the first thing that he did? He grabbed his face mask. And when you grab your face mask like that, it's because your head's ringing. You can't, what, what it, what it's been described to me by at this point, probably 30, 40 football players. There are certain hits that happen multiple times a game where you'll, you'll run your face into another player and you just have this loud ringing sensation in your head and it goes away quickly. But when it's happening, it's so loud in your head and your reaction is to fix your helmet to like. And it's something that I imagine all football players go through. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. I want nothing to do with that. So when you see Tua grab his head and then he stands up and he immediately almost falls over. And then he's shaking his... You see Tua on Sunday shaking his head several times. His linemen are having to hold him up. Have you ever had a back injury where you are swaying back and forth and you're shaking your head? I've had back spasms before. And granted, I've, my, I don't have back issues, so I, I can't specifically speak to it, but I've, I've known people with back injuries and I've never seen them act like they have a concussion because of a back injury. Yeah, dude. The only reason we're talking about the back thing is because they brought it up. The dude had every visible sign of a concussion. And, and this is the problem that I, 
that I have with the whole thing. Like if you if we really dig into this, what like the only people saying he didn't have a concussion Sunday is the organization. They're claiming he passed concussion protocol. That is a claim in my opinion. That is not substantiated by science. Yeah. I don't have a signed affidavit report from that neurologist. I don't have like anything that says, yeah, he definitely did. Well, and they are investigating this. And I, I want to be clear about this because I, I think this is something as we talk about Tua Tunga Vailoa here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Um, this is something that I think is really important for you to understand. The NFL has a negotiated concussion protocol. It's in all, It's in the contract between the players and the NFL owners. That protocol is very simple. There are two third-party officials at every game. In the box upstairs, they have the ability to stop the game to take a player out of the game. Mm -hmm. On the field, and every team has one, there is an independent neurologist who makes the decision on the player. And what you're going to see is that that neurologist will take the player into the tent and then if they believe that there are larger issues, they will take them back to the locker room. They will evaluate them through a series of tests. And that independent third party is going to make a decision on whether that player comes back into the game. The Miami Dolphins are saying they went through that process and Tua was cleared to return to the game. I find that hard to believe. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I am not a doctor. But if you look on my Twitter feed, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, um, you'll see that I follow several neurologists and these neurologists are always tweeting about concussions because these specific, this specific group of neurologists take it very seriously. It's life and death to them. Oh, that's right. It's life and death to the football player as well. And nobody believes that that situation last Sunday was, was a back injury. No. Nobody believes that. So was that followed, that concussion protocol followed? I don't know. The NFLPA has started an investigation that the league is cooperating with. But here's my thing. The Dolphins are not some up-and-up organization, right? The they have not historically the been. Steven Ross has not historically been. So to me, when I think about this whole situation, would anyone be surprised if somehow there was a, uh, a lapse or whatever word you want to use Somehow there was a happening that allowed him to get back in the game. Would anyone be surprised by that? I wouldn't. And so to me, I'm not taking them at their word. I think there needs to be like definitive proof that he passed. Because if he did pass, then the conversation shifts from the Dolphins having any wrongdoing to, hey, the standard negotiated between the players and the owners is clearly not enough. Yeah. You know, and that's an important distinction. I just think about his family. I think about his, his... Yeah, when he's laying on the field and his fingers are twisted and he's wilting, yeah, that's what I think about. That he that Man. his life expectancy probably just shortened quite a bit. Yeah, that that's really difficult for me. Yeah, that that that's yeah. No. Uh let's see. Uh Brent Burnett says sounds like con Congress investigating. What a joke. Yeah. Uh Fat Jesus says this is this isn't just the NFL, it's a lifetime of playing football. Every game is added risk for concussion. If you care about the players so much, why do you advocate for expanding the college football playoff? What does I mean, expanding that's, uh, the college football playoff have to do with anything? Those guys it's, are it's still more, playing It's games. more practices and games. There's no doubt about that. But the, let's be honest about what football does to you. 
I mean, it starts when you're a kid. And every time there is there is significant research that says every time that an adolescent runs his face into another playing football, it's a concussion. Because kids just don't have the brain development at that point to protect themselves. Yeah. It it is it starts in Pop Warner, but it goes through, you know, your seventh and eighth grade, your high school, your college, like and it's not just games, it's practices, it's workouts. Um, I can tell you, you know, it, it, it's the toll that it takes. You know, I remember a certain offensive lineman when I worked in St. Louis saying that he, he telling me he always had headaches. I always have a headache. I always like, I know, I know football players that have ringing in one ear or the other constantly, you know, like you, you hear about. You know, like it's interesting, the Alex Smith story was brought up to me the other day about how, well, yeah, but Alex doesn't walk with a limp. But there are guys who have ringing in their ears for the rest of their life. Exactly. And I I, I can't disagree That's with that. That's one of the worst leg breaks the league's ever seen. And the guy is 100% today. But with but as a parent, I never let Jake play football. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Jake is actually my son. And I never let him play football. And, you know, when, when going to high school in Southern California, you had a gym teacher that routinely, you you know, kicked you out of gym class one day because you said you wouldn't play football because he was the football coach. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I just made that decision. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know how as, a, how as a parent you justify that, but it is what it is. And these hats that you see NFL players wearing now, well, I don't want to wear that. It look, makes me look stupid. Well, what's the difference? You either look stupid or you'll be stupid from brain damage. So are we not going to wear the hat or, I mean, they're talking about how concussions are almost totally removed from the practice environment because of wearing those hats. They're talking about integrating those hats to the inside technology of a football helmet. And that's where my mind goes. Like the technology of helmets has to, has to go further. Like I understand that 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 right now like they're working on the helmet but what but here's here's my thought human beings like as like human beings are incredibly intelligent we can create basically anything we want to create if we want to create it bad enough and to me that's where the whole thing about like what is the league doing like what are we doing about this yeah to me the priority has to be helmet technology because the game's not going anywhere like you can bet your ass on that this game isn't going anywhere, but these guys are, and so at some point there has to be a uh, you got to put a stop to it. Yeah, I totally agree. Monty in the morning, presented by the Advocates Utah Advocates You've been in an accident and now you're injured. Though it wasn't your fault, you now have to deal with getting your car fixed, mounting medical bills, and insurance companies who don't play fair. But don't worry, the experienced team at the Advocates are here to get you the support you need. There you go, utahadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Chat with them for free right now online at utahadvocates.com. Let's get your thoughts in here. Uh, Kanai Johnson says, I think Miami knows they messed up with this situation. I I don't know how you don't, right? I really don't know how you don't. Um, You know, I I just, I I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how you, how do you punish Miami? You'll never know. But but you'll never know. Exactly. And that's my point. I'm not saying, I'm certainly not saying that, you know, like 
there should be video evidence that's released to the public of, about Tua's behind the scenes, like once he went back to the locker room and everything, about that whole process. But what I am saying is there that whole process should be videoed, and there should be video documentation that he passed. Because you need, you have to be able to see it. This is what I always say yeah. about the NFL. If there's not video, you're effed. It's not, you're not, you're not proving anything if if the video of kareem hunt kicking somebody never came out he never would have been disciplined ray rice but it did ray rice it did come out and he was disciplined so my problem here is is nothing is going to happen to help future to a situations and that's what i'm what I, do you want to happen i want better helmet technology i want transparency in all things nfl i want hey here is a room that has video, and this is where we're doing it because we need to have evidence. We need to have documentation because, again, think about it. In all things life, yeah. if there's not video evidence, what good is it, right? Did you run the light if the camera didn't catch you? No, I guess you didn't, did you, right? Did the Dolphins miss on this situation if there's not video evidence? Well. Apparently not, and that's, that's why I'm so passionate about it because it seems like Every time we're talking about NFL issues or NFL happenings, if there's no video, nothing happens. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just don't know how you fix it. I, I really don't know how you fix it. I don't know what you do to fix it. I I, I just think that it, it is that it is. There's so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Well, th and that's exactly what I was going to say. Zayman said the issue with the NFL is they make so much money. They are now valuing dollars over souls. I agree with that. Uh, Kanai says, I don't believe he passed. Miami hasn't been talked about like this since Ace Ventura Pet Detective with Dan Marino. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Um, there is a there is a big discussion about where you get uh, where you get more injuries, basketball or football. I, like basketball, I hurt my knee playing basketball a month ago. And I think this is a really interesting conversation because I don't think it's a conversation about how many injuries. I think it's a conversation about the type of injury. Like, football injuries to the brain specifically are unfixable. There is no, yeah, we'll tape up your brain and it'll feel better in a week. There is no, yeah, hey, by the way, when you get a concussion, your brain is bleeding. So, yeah, we'll put a Band-Aid on that and then you'll feel better. We don't have that option. And so, like, in basketball, let's say, torn Achilles, torn like, torn ligaments— is much more prevalent in the NBA because of obvious reasons. You're essentially just running up and down consist like the whole time. So to me, I, I just I don't think we should be talking about how many injuries. I think we should be talking about the type of injuries and the long term impacts of that. Because because the best players the game has ever seen in the NBA, a ton of them had major injuries. Kobe tore his Achilles late in his career and came back. Kevin Durant torn Achilles like major guys and names in the league have torn ACLs and broken hands and all of it. And they're fine. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's what they were joking about on ESPN the other day. You can't take Ginkgo Biloba and think your concussions are going to be fixed, right? Like this is not aspirin for a back injury. And that, that I think is a great example. If he had a, if he had a back injury, okay, let's, you know, let's, let's take some Advil. We'll feel better. Okay, well, what do we do for brain injuries? We don't. There's no way to fix that. And, and I, I know I keep saying that, but 
I just can't get over that, man. I, I, yeah. and that is, that to me is, is the real, the real difference maker. Truly. Uh, go black 45 says, I just, uh, I just like the whole, just play through the paying crowd when 90% have never played past peewee football. I'm telling you now football hurts. Yeah, I, I, I don't know any other way to say this. And I'll ask, I'll ask Harris about this, but I, I, football hurts every day. Football hurts. There's no, there's no spinning that. There's no sugarcoating that. Every single day that you play football as your existence, you're in pain. Whether that's, ooh, man, that hit rocked me, man. That that my my shoulder hurts. I know so many former football players that are like, ah, oh, yeah, my ankle hurts. Like Doug Plank's a guy that Jake and I were around quite a bit in Phoenix, the yeah. former Bear uh, linebacker. He had all kinds of incidents. He had. Like I, I want to say he had a thing with his his collarbone where his collarbone didn't function normally because of football. Can you imagine the 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 80s in the NFL? Oh my god. Like you, but think about AstroTurf. Yeah, think dude. about AstroTurf. And we've come so far with turf technology and still this synthetic field turf is it's not better. It's not better. But if you think about what those guys played on in the 70s and 80s at Soldier Field or Three Rivers Stadium, or I mean, they literally played on a piece of carpet over concrete. That's what they played on. And we were all fine with that. Imagine hitting your head on concrete five times a day. Nah, man, I'm good. Like, I can't man. even imagine the the old guy in the NFL. I can't even it imagine irks it. me, dude. Oh, I can't even imagine it. James Knight says our AFL players, the Australian Football League, which is rugby. Mrs. Monty's a huge AFL fan. Yeah, it's a great product. Yeah, we went and saw rugby league yeah. and AFL in in um, in Australia when we were there, and I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, it really we enjoyed it, and we went to Brisbane, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, our AFL players do not wear helmets, but doctors suggested a helmet only protects the external part of your skull. Your brain shakes like a tumble dryer. Yeah, Dude. that's exactly right. Uh, Ruff's official says the player is deciding to play. They're not being forced. Well, I mean, there's a lot I of guys. Even, we didn't yeah, even need to acknowledge a, that comment. Yeah. Jeremy Severi says, having had multiple concussions, it really messes with you. It has affected my mental health in ways I still don't know about. Well, I mean, if you look at depression, anxiety rates are massive amongst those who suffer concussions. Do you see what we're really saying here with all these different examples? Like that that's a perfect comment from Jeremy. Like what we're really saying about brain injuries is we don't understand them fully and we don't know how to fix them. That's what we're really saying. That is what we're saying. Yet we're still willing to send these people out and 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 do it. It's hard. It, it is, and we'll ask Karis Lachance about this. He's coming up in uh, ten minutes here to talk BYU and Utah State. And I, I just, I, I, I will ask him, what does your body feel like? You twelve hours ago, you were wearing a football helmet. How do you feel today? Like, what is that? What is the toll that football? Because remember, Harris is now a dad. Harris is a husband. How like, much does Harris Lachance think about the long-term impacts of football? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. I mean, he's a young guy. I mean, I have you know? to think as a football player, you you consider that. I, and again, I, I again, it the mission isn't to talk negatively about the game. It obviously is a great game, but the health impacts are just substantial, man. Look at San Diego State Aztec making a great point again. Um, playing a road game at the Astrodome in Houston. Bad enough, right? Like playing on AstroTurf, concrete, you get it. Then having to try and tackle Earl Campbell. Yeah, dude. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Man, Zayman says helmets give you confidence. 
That's why AFL and rugby, et cetera, see far less concussions. Well, they don't see far less concussions, actually. And one of the things that um, rugby players will tell you, there's a, I want to say there was a feature about this. Uh, maybe on Vice, Vice News. My wife watches Vice all the time. Um, and we watch... I want to say there was a concussion thing. Wasn't there a rugby concussion thing? I don't know, man. On Vice. We watched something sometime or so, that was talking about the mental health of, of rugby players. And it's not good. Like the depression and the anxiety. The problem in like the AFL and rugby, global rugby is it's so underreported. It is so underreported um, because you're constantly hitting your head in rugby. Constantly. Constantly. Um yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, no, Brent Burnett says ban football and we'll get more of it. I I just think banning football is not probably the it's right way easy, to go. But this is an easy. It is. But I also think this is why you have to have targeting rules in football. You have to. I think this comes down to helmet technology. The more I think about this, the more I say like, hey, dude, and dogs are all pissed my off. Do- about my dog, too. my dog wants football banned. Yeah, dude, I get it. But my <laughs> point is, is like, you know, helmet technology, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to build a product of a helmet that can mitigate this stuff. You're telling me that we can't design a helmet for games and really for every anytime you're on the field that that basically alleviates the possibility of a concussion. There has yeah. to be a way to do that. James Knight says, so you know, guys, we have NRL, which is rugby league, right? We saw the... We saw them both in Brisbane. We went to... The Lions? Was it the Lions? I think. Yeah, we went and saw both in Brisbane. I I much more prefer rugby league, although AFL is so much faster, it feels like. I mean, it's it's just a different... It's a different thing. Uh, Exploring with Ben and Sam. Okay. Uh, I'm a bit behind on the show, but yeah, concussions mess with you in ways we don't understand. I had like six or seven from the military. Oh, thank you for your service. appreciate that. And a few car wrecks. Honestly, we don't know how it changes us. Well, I can tell you I had the worst concussion I ever had was a car accident. And it was 1994 or something like that. Good old Vernon Hills, Illinois. <laughs> I was driving a Geo Storm at the time. I got rear-ended by a pot-smoking teenager. Uh-huh. And my neck to this day is still not right from that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you hit your face on a on an airbag. Yeah, you'll never forget that. Like it is, you get airbagged, whoo, not good. Zayman says, oh, last show I watched, they said, without a helmet, you tackle your tackle form is way better. But you're probably right, Monty. Well, yeah, because you're protecting your face. Yeah, I mean, I think the concept I would agree of, with that. the concept of not wearing helmets and, and that sort of slowing players down and making players like just naturally, you know, avoid the head to head lead with the crown of your helmet stuff. I think that probably does play out. But, but again, I just, I don't know why I'm stuck on this point. I just can't believe that we can build self-driving cars, but can't build a helmet that protects human beings brain on a football field. I can't believe that the body is amazing and it has very little vulnerability physically I, the things it can do physically are amazing protecting your brain. Yeah. They, we don't have a technology for that. Uh, James says, if you suffer a concussion in the AFL, it's a 10-day mandatory layoff. Maybe that's how it should be. Maybe that's how it should be. Harris Lachance coming up in uh, about six and a half minutes. Um, and yeah, I see a lot of people, you know, a lot of people talking about BYU. And um, I think certainly um, coming out of this game last night, 
You know, BYU wins 38-26. They're now 4-1 and and 3-0 and at home. What's your, what's your level of confidence with BYU football right now? I mean, I'm confident that they can start playing more disciplined football, that they can, that they can you know, put a better product on the field as a team. But I, I, I don't love what I'm seeing. I don't love the the penalties. I don't love the, the – and really, I don't love the nature of the penalties, the neutral zone infraction and – you know, just these these penalties that shouldn't happen. They should be avoided. And and then I combine that with, you know, the inconsistencies in the tackling game out of out of guys like Max Tooley or or whoever you want to look at. Like I just feel like they're not a hundred percent plugged in right now. That's what I feel like. I feel like it's nothing more than than they're not a hundred percent focused in on the task at hand. I, I feel like there's another layer maybe or element or something that that is at play that is basically just keeping them from locking down because the team i saw against usf is definitely not the team i'm seeing against wyoming and utah state and i think you know the reason you lost so big to oregon was because you just weren't ready you just were not plugged in and you know assignment sound and being where you were supposed to be which is why you have the Max Tooley over pursuit. Why you have right. these different happenings? So when you combine what the players, the basically in my opinion, the players being distracted with this concept of playing dime against the run, I don't really. It's not a recipe for success. I think the offensive side of the ball is largely fine. I think you're you're seeing improvements. You've got guys who are role players who are now stepping up. You know, you've got um, you're starting to figure out your backfield. In my opinion, I would love. For Kalani to just come out and say that Miles is the guy, I would love that. And then have, you know, have um, have dude be the backup. Like uh, Christopher Brooks be your end zone guy, be your thumper, the guy that you give to punch it in from one yard out. But we'll see. My point just is, is I don't think this team is falling apart or anything. I think they're just not dialed in right now for whatever reason. And that's a frustrating thing to have to say. Because it's not as simple as, hey, make the tackle. It's not as simple as, you know, don't have 12 guys on the field for defense when Utah State's playing tempo. It And so, there, to me, there's just not an easy fix. That's the frustrating part about it. Yeah, and I, I think the hard part is, is that you're seeing, and this is something you talked about before, though. You're seeing that I think you, it's not a lack of killer instinct, but you certainly would love to see BYU you know, be more aggressive against lesser opponents. And I, I, I'm just curious, how do they fix these slow starts? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, my feeling is, it's a, is, is that it is a mentality thing. I, I think that instead of the mentality being, yeah, we're going to rotate guys like Harris and, and, you know, whoever you want to point to, we're going to rotate our number ones out for 10, 15 plays less this game because we want to mitigate injury risk. Totally understand the logic. But I think instead of rotating them out throughout the game, let's just stomp Utah State in the first half and have like a 30-point lead going to the second <laughs> half and then take right? them out in the second half. That I mean, that to me, like I know it's sort of a philosophical thing, but that's how I'd go about it because then what? Like to me, it's easier for an athlete to say, okay, I know our mission is just to pound these guys for the first, you right. know, half and and we're going to go out and we're just going to steamroll people and do what we do and then in the second half i know that hey maybe i'll see some action but if we're up by 30 or four up by 25 or whatever if it's comfortable then i'm not going to see much action in that game to me as an athlete that's easier to me as an athlete it's easier to get up for the first half it's easier to chill out in the second half like 
I just think it's a mentality thing that that you have to execute on as a football team. That's just my opinion. I'm not Kalani Sataki. Obviously, I'm not a college football sure? head coach. Like, but to me, it doesn't make sense to rotate guys in in and out for you know whatever in a, in a rhythm or a, a a strategy or a scheme. Yeah, I'd rather just have the mentality of going out and kicking someone's ass and then taking the second half off. Well, and I, I think a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, that's what we should do. But I think it's more difficult than that. And I think part of the challenge of being independent is you have these wild swings in your schedule, you know, where you're going from Oregon to Wyoming and Utah State to Notre Dame and Arkansas. And I think it, I think it is hard to consistently be – um, I don't know what's the right way to say it. To consistently be up for amped. every opponent, to be amped for every opponent is very difficult. My guess is when we watch BYU uh, hit the turf at Allegiant Stadium, um, you know, coming up next Saturday, my guess is we're going to see an amped football team. Yeah. Now, is that the same amped football team that we saw, um, you know, when, when, you know, when, when you were at Oregon, um, Hopefully not, because I don't think being amped at Autzen Stadium was exactly the the right recipe, um, you know, for BYU. And I I think that you have to, um, if you are if you are Kalani Sitaki, you have to find the balance on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that's I think that's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, and frankly. I but I think that's why the old cliche, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing it. And I'm kind of tired of saying it, but the cliche of like everyone just needs to do their job. It's yeah. so true because, uh, let's see, ESPN uh, is out here uh, having some fun here. ESPN is out here playing some highlights or if something If you just click that little speak, there you go. There you go. It. Yeah. Uh, my you. point is is that the everyone do your job thing is, is the reason that that's so prolific in sports is because if Harris Lachance executes on his block and then the rest of his line mates execute on their blocks, that's opening up gaps. And Miles Davis against a linebacker, I like my odds. You know what I mean? Yes. So that, to me, is is why that's such a, a, a relevant saying, specifically in football, because you do need all 11 guys to do their job. Because if the offensive line doesn't give Jaron four seconds, then he's not going to be the Jaron we all know and love. So my point just is is that I don't think this team is falling apart. I don't think you got to hit the panic button. I don't yeah. think that there's some world-ending thing. I just think they're playing average-ass football right now, if I'm being honest. I think they're better than what they're putting out right now. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think it's also one of those things where you cannot, you cannot take things for granted. And I think sometimes it's easy to... Um, when you're BYU and you're playing at the level that BYU is, it's easy to take assignment football, gap integrity. It's easy to take uh, neutral zone infractions. I think it's easy to take some of those little details for granted when you're playing a Utah State or Wyoming. I think it's a hell of a lot more difficult, and you're a little more laser-focused, and I think it's natural to be more laser-focused against Notre Dame and Arkansas than you are against Wyoming and, and Utah State. I think yeah. that's just the nature of being a human being. And I think to me, those are the things that we have to figure out how you fix and how you become more consistent because guys like Nick Saban who get, you know, consistently get elite performances. Well, you know what? Guess what? They went to Austin and they struggled against Texas. Mm -hmm. And you, you see these situations routinely where Appy State's going to go and knock off Michigan or some other major program. Yeah. Because that's n the natural reaction for that big program against an, an Appy State 
or BYU against a Wyoming. You come out in those slow starts. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just think it is what it is. I don't know that there is a fix for that. No, it's not an easy X's and O's fix, but I, I think it's a program-wide thing where it's like a culture, hey, we got to, you know, we got to be on our game every single week. I would agree with that. Um, Tanner Plummer says, this team is falling apart, but in my opinion, they're trending that way. Isn't falling apart. But in my opinion, they're trending that way. We'll see. I, they're not falling apart. Yeah, I don't think they're falling apart. By any I, stretch I of the imagination. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it, I, I just, I would tell you not to have these wild swings. Like emotionally, I would not have these wild swings. It just, it, it does not serve anybody. Yeah. And I just don't think it's accurate that they're they're trending towards falling apart. I, I don't agree. You know, like I, I think you I think you just have to be a little bit better. Uh Garrett Messerly says, Is there an update on Miles Davis? Not that I have seen. He looked fine, by the way. There's video going yeah. around Twitter where he at, when the game was over and every, all the BYU guys were kind of walking back to the to the locker room, he was walking fine. So I, I think he's gonna be fine, but there's not an official update. Uh exploring with Ben and Sam says, Would Bronco return to BYU, especially as an assistant? I, I nah. come on now. Yeah, I don't I mean, is that yeah. something you really want to explore? You have no. a, a phenomenal head coach. And this is what I think you can't do, with all due respect, and Bronco or whoever else. You don't need Bronco Mendenhall. You, you're you're watching a coaching staff grow into and develop. Yeah. It, when we're talking about, hey, would Bronco come back? I I don't know, and I don't care because I wouldn't bring him back. There's no he. There's no reason to do that. Yeah. Bronco Bronco Mendenhall was phenomenal for this program. I I to this day I will tell you I don't believe that Bronco got enough credit for the things that he did. Mm-hmm. But that ship has sailed. You have the right guy in the right space in the right time in Kalani Sitaka. And I believe that. I do believe he is the right guy. I just think there are struggles sometimes, and he has to work through those. I think defensively, he's a phenomenal coordinator defensively. He's a, a great defensive mind. Um, Tuiaki's going to have to figure this out. But guess what? It's not just on Tuiaki. The position coaches have to figure this out. Yeah. Harvey, you know, Harvey Unga has to figure out the running backs and – Fessy's got to figure out the wide receivers. Like you just have a staff of guys that are too talented not to figure this out. You know, like it's it's one of those things where, in my opinion, you you absolutely have to get fired up um, and and take it personally. Yeah, I I just think there's no doubt about the fact that you have to take this gig personally because if you don't, you're going to lose. Yeah, and I, and that's why I say like I I just think it's a it's a seriousness thing. It's a it's a I mean, I really hate to say it, but I, I do kind of feel like, hey, yeah, it's Utah State. We'll we'll be fine. Hey, it's Wyoming. We'll be fine. Yeah, we'll watch some tape. We'll put a game plan together. You know, we'll be fine. That's yeah. kind of what I – and, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, again, I, I'm not trying to sit here and say that, you know, they're, they're just sort of bystanders, you know, bystanders through the process because I, I, I think that – you know, BYU and their players and, and, and Harris has talked about this in prior interviews. Like, you know, they're very intentional about their preparation. But I think like when you hear Kalani talk about it or Jaron or, you know, whoever, whoever might be talking about it, they are getting surprised by teams too often. Now, this is three weeks in a row yeah. where, where we have to talk about, yeah, we weren't ready for the physical nature of Wyoming's run game. We weren't prepared for you know Utah State rolling out triple option in the quarterback run game. We weren't prepared for that, 
right? And so in the second half, we were prepared for that. We made adjustments, and they deserve a hell of a lot of credit for that, by the they way. They do. They made great adjustments, and they started suffocating that that quarterback run game totally. But I I don't know how they're surprised. That That's what I'm personally surprised about. Oh, I don't know how point. that happens. I don't know either. Uh, wait for Harris Lachance. My guess is Harris has never been late one time. My guess is Harris Lachance is sleeping. Probably. That's what I would Which guess. Which is fine. Uh, yeah, it, it's really not the end of the world. Uh, Taylor Tanner says, I, I'd be down with Bronco coming back to run the defense. I'm not. You you can't I, keep why going we need to back. Have this conversation? Yeah. Like, come on. These are the kind of conversations that drives me crazy. Like, they just, it, it just dry, it drives me crazy. I don't understand why we do that. You know what I mean? Like, let's see. San Diego State Aztec says, Brady Hoke, not the right guy, riding on Rocky Long's hard work. Yeah? Totally agree with that. Yeah. I just think that that is the the reality of it. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, as mayor, I'm not worried about BYU. I bet they were looking past USU thinking they'd just roll over and die. We'll see a different BYU team against Notre Dame. If not, Fat Jesus becomes mayor. Whoa. Whoa. So you're basically guaranteeing. Whoa. Me. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Garrett Messerly. Good morning, Garrett. Says, it's sad when respected announcers are saying the same thing fans are saying. Seven against five and sometimes four cannot stop the run all night long. No. no. I mean, schematically, there are going to be questions about the defense. There is there is no doubt about that. And those are likely earned. I mean, it, you have to, you know, you have to be able to, you have to be able to perform at a, at a, at a higher level. Like, I mean... There's no doubt about that, but you know what the the thing that the thing that I think you have to remember is, you know, this is not something where you just have one guy deciding defense. Do you really think Kalani Sataki is hands off on defense? <laughs> He's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Yeah, I mean, if you you look at what he did and who he learned under, by the way, Kyle Winningham, come on. Who are they we know how to play defense. The problem is, is they're just not executing right now. Yeah, I, I, so, I just think that this is we're overreacting. That's what this is. Well, and, I don't feel like I'm overreacting. I, I, I think, I think the, these these comments about like Bronco and you know the teams falling apart or yeah, you know, like I, I, that's just too much in my opinion. I, I, it's not too much to say that. That that playing dime against the run is a bad idea, and there's no reason for it. That's not too much to say. That's that's football schematics that they have to execute better on. That that's just as plain as I can say it. But but this stuff about slow starts like three weeks in a row, that's a bigger issue than 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 hey they thought it was Utah State. They started slow against Oregon. You got your ass handed to you in the first half by Wyoming, and then Utah State did what they did last night. This is a several week thing now. That needs to be addressed. Yep. Uh, Edwin says, did BYU really have a choice between Bronco and Whittingham and went with Bronco? What could have been? Uh, no. That is such an old rumor. <laughs> that just never happened. Yeah. That never happened. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, no. That never happened. So, why do we do this? I don't understand why we want to get in time machines and go back to, well, I would have done this. or like, Come on, man. What are we talking about? Where are we at inside like, today? What are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, exploring with Ben and Sam says Bronco was solid though. I mean, Winningham had has had struggles, and yeah, coaching staff even with turnover shouldn't be developing at this point. Coaching staffs develop every single season. 
Every single game. I mean, uh, I, I just, Elisa Tuiaki is a great defensive coordinator and, and he needs, uh, and I should say, Elisa Tuiaki can be a great defensive coordinator, but it's a team effort. Yeah. It's not something where you're just looking at Tuiaki and you're saying, well, you know what? I, I mean, he, well, he's got to improve it. Hey, come on, guy. Like, do you, do you really think this is 100% on Tuiaki? Apparently. It's not. It, it's not. And when when you look at when you look at the the way that the 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 staff is built, I'm telling you now that I, I look at their at their defensive staff. Um, you know whether it's Clune, whether you know again, I just look at their staff, and I'm I'm telling you now that guys like Ed Lamb have just as much impact on this staff as Tuiaki does. Mm-hmm. It's not a one man show. That that's not the way football staffs are built. And you look at a guy like a, a Preston Hadley or you know a, a Harvey Unga, former players getting into the coaching business, learning, growing, developing. Why do you think guys like you know Guy Holiday is such a valuable um, asset to a football program? Because he's been there, he's done that. He can develop younger coaches. Yeah, college football is a a sport of development on a daily basis. You learn. From winning, you learn from losing. Yeah. You know, like it's just not a, a one-way thing. Giggity says, am I wrong in thinking Utah sports fans expect way more than what is realistic from all their sports teams? Yes. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Will Vandenberg may have missed this, but have we talked about uh, how our character A-Rod's play calling felt last night? All the third quarter and long runs also, he needs to figure out how to use Isaac Rex. Still love him. Listen, I think Isaac Rex is a is a is very a, capable. A big conundrum because he is very capable. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. He is very capable. And and my thing has always been can you count on Isaac Rex? I think you can. The injury, I I he's on the field. He's not he's not injured. Yeah. If he's on the field, throw him the football. And I would like to see their tight end usage go up. Yeah, Braden Cosper, I'd like to see his usage go up. But again, if you're struggling in the run game, your tight end usage is not going to go up. You're going to have to stay in and block more. Yeah, And it's going to be tougher. You look at yeah. like that crossing route where Gunnar Romney got lit up. That I hate that route. Why are we calling that route? Why are we throwing that route? Yeah, That's what I don't love. But the run game is, I think the issue is the back, not the line. Yeah. I think philosophically speaking, the running game is fine. Christopher Brooks has a very limited use. Scope-wise, situationally speaking, I think his his use is not is not equal across the board. Yeah. Is what I would say. When you look at a guy like a Miles Davis, he's a totally different back than than Chris Brooks. Chris is a bigger, thicker, stronger back. You look at Miles Davis, he's faster, lighter on his feet, much more of an edge rusher where Chris Brooks is an A-B gap guy. Yeah, You're looking at Miles getting outside. Like, it's just philosophically, it's a different style. But what does that mean? And the, and the issue with that is when you hand the ball to Christopher Brooks and you're a Harris Lachance, you're expecting a big physical back to hit the hole. So, hey, I got to turn this guy more quickly. I'm trying to turn him out or... When I'm looking at a guy like Miles Davis, okay, well, I know he's going to bounce outside in all likelihood. I need to turn this guy in. I need to set an edge. If I'm, you know, if I'm Kingsley Suomataia, I'm more, much more worried about setting an edge 
for Miles Davis to get around the court. Like, it's a different philosophy. It's a different style of runner. And I think when you're interchanging that, you're going to have far more inconsistency in the running game because they are night and day. They are not stylistically similar, in my opinion, in any way, shape, or form. And so I think when you have situational running, goal line, inside of the 10-yard line, give the ball to Chris Brooks. Let's play hammer football. I want to see this offensive line lean on guys. Yeah. I want to see you use the size, you know, Barrington to Suma, you know, to Kingsley, Suamataia. Yeah. Across that offensive line, have those dudes lean on people. Yeah. You know, they got to get off the ball better, man. But again, Connor Pay cannot have penalties. We can't have. We can't have a, an offensive lineman drifting downfield. Yeah, can't do that. It, it's just, there's just no way um, to allow that to happen. So anyway, there's my run game philosophy. You're welcome. You may take notes if you like. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Zayman says uh, Brooks finally hit the gap way quicker late. Needs to continue to do that. I agree, and with more force. Um, Ruben Reyes says by. Uh, will be okay. I live by New Mexico State. That's what's bad football looks like. Well, there you go. Uh, Jansen says, Monty spitting the truth and nothing but the truth. That's what we do. That's what we do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, K. Nuren, we need to wake up and play hard every game. The players play the game you need. 100% effort every game. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think when you're talking about, you know, when you're talking about 100% effort, I think a lot of that is mental as well as physical. It's not that guys are not trying hard. Yeah. That certainly is not the case. Well, well, well. Look at SLCP Shooter making an appearance on the show. As an Aggie, this chat room is the next best thing to actually winning. Y'all Cougars are crazy. (laughs) Truth. Truth. Uh, Garrett Messerly says, thanks for pronouncing my name correctly. Well done, Monty. You're welcome. We appreciate you, you know, being here. Yeah. And all that there stuff. There you go. And we'd appreciate if you would go to Barbecue Pit Stop, any of their five Utah locations, including Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Murray. Uh, I was asked for my wing recipe yesterday. Now, listen, my wing recipe is top secret stuff. You know, it's, I, it, it, and listen. This is I, corny stuff. It's so top secret that I store it at Mar-a-Lago. Don't so lie to me. Nobody has access to it. Probably too much. Probably too much. Anyway, my point is, listen. <laughs> my wing recipe is very secret. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm now all in on Asada seasoning. That is what it is, right? It like, is very powerful. Go to Barbecue Pit Stop. Any of their five, you know, Utah locations. St. George, Leighton, Lehigh, Logan, and of course, Murray. Say, hey, man, Monty sent me in to get Asada seasoning for my wings. And really, you can put Asada seasoning on anything you want. Yeah. But don't be so rude to eat your breakfast tacos that smell tremendous in front of people who cannot possibly eat breakfast tacos. Physiologically, it's a non-starter. My wife right now, and I'm going to turn the camera. My wife right now is sitting in front of us eating breakfast tacos. Come on, fuck it. Uh, oh, that smells damn, so damn, good. Oh. I am so distracted. Whoa. That's a close-up. Whoa. Of look at Whoa. how good those breakfast tacos look. Look at that. Let me go ahead, and, go ahead and zoom in. 
That's that's um, organic refried black beans, sweet potato, and like pepper mix. Yep. That's incredible. Good on you, Mrs. Monty. She is refueling after her Peloton ride. But the point is, listen to me, friends. Go to Barbecue Pit Stop and get the Asada seasoning. They also have bags of what's called wing dust off the charts. Yes. You're going to make wings this weekend? Do All it. All gas, no break. BarbecuePitStop.com. Chat with them. Ask them, hey, what's the best seasoning for wings? Because I also got to tell you, the Chop House Italian from Kinder. Bomb, oh, my God. Bomb, bomb. But obviously, when you go to Barbecue Pit Stop, you got to ask them about a Traeger, a Yoder, a Big Green Egg. Because and they have every single time. the best selection of equipment at Barbecue Pit Stop. And the other thing that they have is the best dudes working at Barbecue Pit Stop because they're going to help you. They're going to advise you. They are going to teach you and show you yes. how exactly you, my friends, can become a grill master. Now, also, please, 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 stop using charcoal briquettes. Get on the wood pellet smoker grind. It's easy. It's Bye. fun. Please. It's tasty. Yes. I'm there is nothing you cannot smoke on a smoker. Whatever you can think of, you can do it. Yes. And it all starts at Barbecue Pit Stop. BarbecuePitStop.com. BBQPitStop.com. Shop any of their five Utah locations. Uh, from Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and Murray. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Steve and the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop. Great local business owners. Phenomenal, phenomenal dudes. Had our watch party there. You have Ute fans, USU fans. The Logan store, by the way, phenomenal. Huge, massive. Have their own butcher shop. Yeah, and pretty much all of the Barbecue Pit Stops now have meat in some form or fashion. That Logan store, though, is off the chain. It's on steroids, bro. It is off the Chisanal. Okay, that came out wrong. Wow. It's not what wow. I meant to say. Did you really just say that? The Chisane. Oh, shit. Okay, been nice doing business with you. Uh, all right, before we get out of here, a couple other uh, comments I want to get to. Uh, San Diego State Essex says, pronunciation, Monty, you're flipping back and forth on getting it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Get the hell out of here. It's Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, he don't know nothing. Yes, it isn't. Uh, I wish they were here. They were. It, I wish they were in Wyoming. BarbecuePitStop.com, dude. Super easy. BBQ Wyoming Pit Stop. Wyoming ain't that far from Utah. BBQPitStop.com. One T. BBQPitStop.com. One T. Why is it doing that? BBQPitStop.com. And That's they ship, don't they? What's that? Do they ship? Yes, they yeah, ship. You, you ship, can right? buy online. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, CR says Argentinian uh, BBQ is better than smoked meat. <laughs> Whatever you say. Next comment. Uh, Kanai Johnson says uh, you can find Monty's recipe uh, with the Watergate films. Correct. Exactly Correct. right. Exactly right. Uh, knowing Mrs. Monty, she has to have green peppers somewhere on there, Jansen says. Yep. Yeah. But now, Dude, I, let me tell you what now. Mrs. Monty makes the... She is a phenomenal cook. And she made the best batch of mashed sweet potatoes this week. So we made tacos for lunch the other day. <laughs> Good Lord. Those mashed sweet potatoes. If you're going to meal prep, throw some sweet potatoes in the, the quick pot. Mm. Yep. So good. Uh, Ken Williams says, we did wings last night. They were yummy. Smoked them. I ordered some online. It was so good. Nice. Let's go. Love that. Tanner says, Mont, your wing recipe was with nuclear codes that the Tangerine Twitter machine took from the White House. Could be. Could be. I want it. Absolutely could be. 
Uh, San Diego State Aztec uh, says, wood pellet smoker equals tasty food. Wood offset slash lump coal smokers equals the best way to smoke. Well. I mean, it, it, I, I don't. It's that smoking hippie lettuce. Gesundheit. You know. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, I also love the that barbecue pit stop was like, you don't want that product on our shelves. Buy this one instead. Way better. Yeah. They don't have a... If you walk in there and say, hey, man, I'm making a pork butt, what should I do? The answer is yes. They're going to give you everything you need. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, a product bias at all or any way, shape, or form. Anyway, I guess that's it. Show's over today. Yeah, I guess so. A little bit of a Good shorty, week. Good week. Know. Yeah, good week, folks. Uh, I am so excited for the show on Monday. Lots of new um, stuff on we Monday. We have a, a brand new partner jumping on board the show on Monday. Excited to talk about that. Um, the new ads that are coming from Papa Murphy's Pizza are Incredible. phenomenal. Incredible. They're going to be amazing. Make sure you check those out on the show Monday. Um, and yeah, have a great weekend. Tweet with us. Huge announcements. I'm hoping to make a huge announcement one day next week. We shall find out. We shall find out. No, no. It's the huge announcement that Mrs. Monty is leaving. No, she's not on the show again. People are wondering why Mrs. Monty's not on the show today. You know, it is what it is. Giggity says, great show, fellas. See, Thanks she's for not what on you the do. show because she's still in the 9 to 5 life. Yeah, she she's driving that 9 to 5. Mrs. Monty. Monty should get to TridayTrading.com. Slash Monty. Slash Monty. Yes. And she works for a living, too. Anyway. I love my wife. Yes. And she was on the show today. You know. Jansen says, we will be back when Arkansas beats Alabama. Could be. Ken Williams says, bye, Jake. LOL. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.